0: symbol of excellence in sports entertainment you know something hulkamaniacs
1: nothing has changed in our world man but you know sometimes it takes a tragedy like the one that just happened in detroit to wake the rest of the world up to what we're all about well rest of the world me and my little hulkamaniacs still believe in the training the prayers the vitamins turning negatives into positives and believe in ourselves just because The Undertaker and Paul Bear got a one, two, three on Hulk Hogan and all my little Hulkamaniacs in Detroit via Ric Flair. Thanks, Ric Flair. Nothing's changed in our world, man. We're used to having a dark cloud over our head. We're used to having the non-believers around us. That's what makes us tick, man. But as far as you, Undertaker, and Paul Bearer, killing Hulkamania, burying my soul, and wiping out all the little Hulkamaniacs, well, this Tuesday, in San Antonio, Jack Tunney ordered a rematch, thank God. And you guys are gonna get a reality check, man. Because the heart of the holster still beats like a lion. I made a deal a long time ago with my soul with the big man upstairs. That's already his. And as far as you guys walking away with a WWF title to some cemetery man using it as a a tombstone, that's not gonna happen. If I don't beat you in San Antonio, brother, you might as well bury me along with all my Hulkamaniacs. But in my worst nightmare, as I think about the scalpel, stretching and ripping my sternum apart, as my heart is still beating in my chest, and as Paul Bear and The Undertaker dig inside my body to find my soul. All you would find would be millions of little holsters that you'd have to fight night after night after night. Hulkamania's immortal. My soul's immortal. And what you gonna do, Undertaker, in San Antonio, when I bury you?
2: hey now welcome to the 24 inch podcast my name is steve bennett that was a mean andre the giant is andre here to cut a promo on us yeah. Free, five, four, five. i'm here for one I'll reason you. the challenge of the world championship match at the wrestlemania what's up paula bennett
3: Nothing.
2: how you doing baby
3: I got stung by a bee blade, I got a tattoo, and I had a play date. I'll talk about that more.
2: All right, well, let's let's start with the play date. How was the play date? Good. Who were your friends you had a play date with? Aubrey, Emerson, and Hazel. Okay, what would you guys do at the play date?
3: We swam, and we played, and we had a dance party.
2: Oh, that sounds pretty fun. Okay, and then the next thing I think you said is you got stung. What happened there? You were at the Bills Stadium. Yes. There was a punt, pass, and kick competition or something there. USA Football had an event. Mm-hmm. Mom signed you up. And what happened?
3: So, um, I went there. It was like my fifth time doing this, like, racing. I wanted to go with Tanner because he's calmer. But I went to this mean, mean one who was aggro- probably aggravated a bee. Okay. And he doesn't know which one's brighter or wrong, because don't go to school and all that. So he probably thought I was the person that was aggravating it. Okay. Or I may mean, some smelled like a flower. Who knows? So I got stung.
2: Okay, how's it he, feel now?
3: It feels better, but I still have that, like, sting feeling
2: it. And mom me. was able to get the stinger out, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm, mommy was searching you, you, a few you, things for me about these, so I would feel a little better to know why they sting me and
2: Right. Stuff. But you finished the event strong, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I didn't go for a long time.
2: Oh, okay. You got the hell out of there? <laughs> yeah.
3: I, at least I got a tattoo.
2: That was the other thing you were going to talk about. Tell us about your tattoo.
3: I got a tattoo. Oh, and one more thing about the sting. Um... There, there, i put cold water on it and there, i got this um hold of the um ice pack that a player probably hold it
2: mm, got a special ice pack from the mm-hmm. players very cool and
3: i get to keep it now
2: awesome and tell me about your tattoo
3: uh it's a little heart with a doggy um paw on
2: it okay a heart with a doggy paw very mm-hmm. cool well welcome to the 24 inch podcast uh paula is here um Steve Bennett here, uh, Andre the Giant, and Hulk Hogan in LJM form are also here. Big show tonight, it's the Season 3, Episode 7 of the pod. We are going to cover the November 30th, 1991 Madison Square Garden House Show. Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan for the first time in the New York Territory in the main event. Also on the card, there's a, a Rockers match towards the end of the Rockers run, right before they exploded at the barbershop. Uh, IRS maybe his best match in the WWF on here as well, um, and the usual sort of um, you know jobber matches that would open an MSG show. I actually did cover this show before on the Place to Be Nation um, back a couple years ago on their reboot. If you want to check that out, go to the Place oh, to Be Nation I remember feed. That. Paul remembers that show, uh, so it's the same house show. And Dave will join us in a little bit. We'll read the news from November of 1991. We will also read emails and stuff later um, that the that uh, Dave has and uh, that came I into the 2-4-inch podcast. We're going to do DJ. some emails with Paula in a minute. Um, we're going to spend a couple more minutes with her. And uh, also we're going to do the bio of Ric Flair later as well. So Paula, besides the bee sting, the tattoo, and the play date, what else you been up to?
3: My dance recital and my birthday is really soon.
2: How many days till your birthday?
3: 13.
2: And if the listeners want to buy you gifts, can they go to gifster.com and search Paula Bennett? You got a whole list there.
3: Yeah, and um, our house object is on 1420 walk Road, North Carolina.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. That's our house address. Do you want to go to gifster, Paula Love will never turn down a gift, right? <laughs> no. Her birthday is June sixteenth coming up. What a-
3: I could have multiple Wednesday costumes. Yeah. I would love that. So I, if one of my Wednesday costume program i are gonna have
2: another one. And you got the Italy home kit, the Italy jersey on your list. <laughs> Some board games. A lot of cool stuff. What do the guys got to say tonight?
3: I guess on Hulk has a, wee, a not a long list, I'm surprised. Okay. But Andre had this All huge right. piece of paper.
2: Well, let's start with Andre. What's what's up with Andre tonight?
3: Me, hi, Andre uh, this Swordfish.
2: I am Andre the Giant.
3: Hi, me, me, hi, Hulk Hogan.
2: <laughs> I think it's in French, so it's hard for Paula to read it.
3: I don't care. Because
2: I come from France and I read. I
3: don't care. I'll read it. Bonjour. Bonjour to
2: you. Au
3: revoir. I don't even know what that means.
2: It is French.
3: Okay, stop oui, talking. We. Oui. Hi, I have lots of bad things
2: Oh, no. It's mean, Andre. I
3: I don't know what that
2: said. Let me read it. Okay, it says, I am here for one reason. No, Daddy. To challenge you to a world championship match. Dad! What?
3: Read it correctly. That's what it says. No, like, no, that doesn't.
2: Dad, read the word. Oh, here, I made a mistake. Three years to be a champion no, that, is a that, long time. Not that either. Oh. Not that either. Uh oh. Look at me while I'm talking to you. T545. <laughs> I'll read it. Oh. Okay, I'll try it. I
3: think I know it.
2: Neither of we us can read had French, had so we're having a problem.
3: Hulk Hogan a loser. And all your Hulkamanias.
2: Okay, so Andre says Hulk and all the Hulkamaniacs are losers.
3: I am here to make
2: Hulk a man. I have a question, though. I have a question for for Andre. How come he's wearing his blue shorts? Because isn't that usually what nice Andre wears?
3: I'll be right back.
2: If he's mean, Andre, why doesn't he have his mean Andre clothes on? I
3: thought I'll be right back.
2: No, I'm just kidding. That's I'm just joking to you, Andre. You got your mean clothes on. All right, let's hear from Hulk. What does Hulk have to say? Yeah, I'm stuck. Let me tell you something, brother. not say that. Oh, okay. Thank you. Andre, get out of here. This is my podcast, not yours. Okay, fee fi No,
3: he can stay. Okay. He doesn't have to talk a long thing. I am so hulked up. All as you rule. All as you rule. Ha. Bee sting month?
2: <laughs> oh, it's the official month of the bee sting? Hulkster's been stung once or twice. And all the bad guys in the WWE have been stung a time or two by those killer bees jumping Jim Bronzell.
3: I punched him because he writes on I just got stung.
2: You've had enough of that hulkster talking shit about bee stings on the day you've been stung.
3: And in that promo? why did he say all the kids should be working? That's not him.
2: No, no. Well I think I have June's a crazy read. month. Paula's got her dance recital. She's got her birthday. She's got her mom's birthday. She's got Father's Day. She's got Italy playing in the Under-20 World Cup. Italy playing in the Nations League. Champions League final. A lot of, a lot of football. A lot of calcio. Stanley Cup final. If you
3: don't know what that means, that means soccer.
2: Right. Calcio is soccer in what language?
3: Italian. Yeah. Tiamo, everybody.
2: Tiamo. Uh, Ti amo.
3: I love you oh uh,
2: Do you have an email before we go? Okay, Paul's got an email to read. Who's it from? Aubrey. Aubrey, a friend of hers <laughs> from her play date. Big eighties wrestling fan.
3: No, she just wanted to act one for fun, so she could be on the internet.
2: Okay, she wanted to get it on the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, what do we got?
3: Aubrey said this. Do wrestlers. How do they get picked to wrestle? How do they get picked?
2: Okay, that's a good question from Audrey. Like how does a W how does a human being become a WWF superstar, right? And how does
3: how does they pick and stuff
2: like that? Yeah, well the first thing you gotta do is you gotta train, right? Train. You gotta go to training. And usually the trainer is someone who is in wrestling, right? So when they train you they probably have some connections to people in the business. Like Hulk was, or let's say Ric Flair was on our show tonight. Mm -hmm. He was trained by Vern Gagne. Well, Vern Gagne owned a wrestling company called the AWA. So he trained wrestlers to then be in his league, the AWA, where Ric Flair started out and then he wrestled in other territories. But now that the territories are over, the best way to become a wrestler is to get an audition at the WWF Training Center in Orlando, Florida. Or Tampa, Florida? Orlando. I think it's Orlando. And if you can get a job in the training center down there then they will give you a chance to be at nxt and then you could be in wwf but the first thing you got to do is you got to get trained right step one get trained and go from there
3: and now hazel wanted one
2: okay what does miss hazel have to say
3: why do wrestlers don't usually wear stuff Shirts. to cover their bodies? right
2: that's a good question by Hazel. The reason is because they want to show off their physiques. Right? They, they they work long and hard to get these strong bodies and they want to show them off. But the other reason is they don't want the wrestlers to use it against them as a weapon. Right? If you have a shirt on, you're wrestling mean Andre, he might choke you to death with that shirt. So that's another reason why they don't like wearing shirts. But some guys wear the singlets, you know, some guys wear tights. Shorts like this. Some guys wear full pants, like Steamboat wears the pants. So they all have different outfits. But I think the number one reason why they don't wear shirts is to show off those six-packs and the physique. Like, your dad has a big physique. That's why I wouldn't wear a shirt because I want to show off my muscles.
3: You don't have
2: muscles. What?
3: You do, but...
2: I got 24 inches over here, baby.
3: I have bigger ones. Okay. Well, you're a little older. My muscles will get like that, but like a little stronger.
2: Right. All right. I could lift this. Yeah. Andres,
3: 100 Andres and 100
2: Hawks. All right. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna say goodbye to Paula. Goodbye. Yeah. We'll take a break. Hazel had one. Oh, okay. Quickly, Hazel. Uh, I thought Hazel just read hers. Hazel, Did I do Emmy? You didn't do Emmy. Emmy. Um.
3: I did. I
2: know. I did. Emmy's Emerson. Yeah, and her brother, Lake and Palmer, as well.
3: No, she doesn't have a brother. Yes,
2: yeah, she's got Emerson as she, the girl, no, and then Lake and Palmer.
3: Actually, no, she. Uh, I told her that, and she said she she didn't have a
2: brother. She doesn't have Lake and Palmer. No. Where are they?
3: Lake and Palmer. They live at a different
2: house. So how does she? How does the band practice?
3: Emmy and her sister. Okay. Well, what's so, Emmy's um, question? Um. She.
2: Okay.
3: Why do wrestlers wear boots?
2: Uh, wrestlers wear boots to protect their feet. But some don't. Like Jimmy supervised Snooka, he wears bare feet.
3: Do do any of them wear sneakers?
2: I think a few have. But these are the best support for their ankles and to protect their feet. And it's part of the outfit. Yeah. Good questions from the girls, though. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to take a break. Say goodbye to Paula. Dave's going to join us. We're going to look at the bio of Ric Flair. Dave's going to tell us where Hulk has been at the end of November and the beginning of December in 1991.
3: All right, Paula, say goodbye. Goodbye, gorgeous people.
2: Thank you for listening to the 24-inch podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, 10 Years in the Making. You can find it on Twitter at sports underscore caster or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24-inch podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast at 24-inch podcast. Email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown pod. 24-inch podcast. We are back. Thanks to the beautiful Paula Bennett for joining me there for the open. It's now time to bring in the maniac of the podcast, the man who lives the Hollywood lifestyle day in and day out. It isn't a gimmick, brother. It's real life. Let's welcome from New Jersey, Hollywood, Dave Rollins. A whole weekend of Hollywood and Dave.
4: It really was Uh happy Memorial Day weekend to you. Uh, I'll yep. a few days late and um, wow, was I uh, making my rounds. I guess if you're following me on social media, you can see that and um, uh, I think I behaved myself pretty well and had a really good time.
2: Lots of singing, uh, singing inside, singing. singing outside, singing. Down yeah,
4: the-, the VFW had yeah. me up there. Yeah. Uh, you know barbecues, different 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 affairs, bars.
2: Here's what I love about <laughs> Hollywood. Parade. Dave. Here's what I love about Hollywood Dave. So he's singing at the VFW post. I guess that's where you say you were outside, and it's, yeah. it's a holiday weekend, and it looks like a family event. There's all these kids walking around. You know, I see him in the background with their mom walking around. So you figure when Dave comes to the mic, he's gonna. I mean, what is he gonna do? Let's see. You know, maybe he'll throw out kickstart my heart by motley crew or something nope right to crazy bitch
4: well, well, Talk well, about accept.
2: fucking every other word i yeah. was just laughing so hard I, well if
4: you notice i put the mic down when you said she fuck so,
2: so yeah good. you didn't you, but the crowd was not shy either they were just they thought it was yeah, call it was, and response time so the crowd <laughs> was shouting it out anyway, i thought it was a great choice i really That's enjoyed it. New Jersey. Yeah, that was yeah. it
4: wasn't my choice it was it, <laughs> it was the guys up there i said i said let's do girls 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 i mean I mean, it's about strip clubs, but there's really, n- no really bad words in, in that song, too much, or it would go over kids' heads. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, nobody's making stuff. that
2: connection in that moment. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. So I'm like, come on, I like, oh, I don't know, ah, oh, come this one, kickstart, no, I don't know, I don't know, I'm like,
2: Oh, uh, yeah, because that know. was with the guy who was, like, playing guitar with you, right?
4: Yeah, 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 so I'm like, all right, we did crazy bitch last time I saw those guys on a bar, I'm like, just do crazy bitch, I'll, you know, just, I'll hold the mic down with the
2: fuck's so good, <laughs> you know? Hilarious. The very, first, <laughs> the very first thing out of your mouth is like, there's a lot of crazy bitches here. As like, oh a <laughs> <laughs> mom's walking about, it cracked me up.
4: Oh, my God. What when, when, when am I going to change ever? And My birthday's coming up this week, too.
2: 43? So, hold on. 43
4: on this uh. Tuesday. I always take my birthday off work because I, 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 I don't – I didn't used to. And about 10 years ago, uh, maybe even eight years ago, I had a really bad day at work on my birthday when fell on like a Tuesday or something, like horrible. So I'm like, I'm not chancing getting a flat tire. I'm not chancing getting in traffic for two hours. Or I have a really nice boss, but, you know, back then a fight with your boss or it's, it's my fucking birthday. I'm sitting on my porch. I'm drinking vodka. You know what I mean? The next,
2: the next two, it. I don't think there's a big difference. Like, I don't think there's a big difference from 42 to 43 or 43 to 44. No. I think the next one for us is going to be that 45. When we hit 45. the midpoint of our 40s. That's gonna be rough, but this year I feel like it's it's a minor birthday. You know what? It, it's like fifteen yeah, very or minor. something. You but, know but what I
4: mean? See, on that I just don't want to get that bad day vibe. You know uh, that happened to me, um, you know, quite almost a decade ago. Fifteen
2: might be the worst birthday. Like that's just Which, a shit birthday. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, because like you can't drive yet. You know, you're you're away from that. At least when I was growing up, I know. States have different laws and whatever. When I was growing up, you could get your permit on your 16th birthday. So I couldn't do that. Like, I'm already a teenager. There's just nothing to it, really. You know what I mean? It was just like five days before my sophomore year. It was nothing. It was nothing. It was a shit one, I think. Yeah, I don't even even
4: remember my 15th. uh, I guess that would be the end of freshman year, right? 95? Yeah, yeah. And
2: mine was right before sophomore year started. Yeah.
4: You know, they, they were getting us. We had a certain football, newer football coach. They were like putting us right on the field early. Then, so I think, I, I think even my birthday, we were already starting practice uh, for the next year. You know, so I think that had that going on <clears throat> my
5: fifteenth birthday.
2: Well, speaking of a new season, uh, you had a new football season around your fifteenth birthday, and on Tuesday was the first episode of the fourth season of the Dark Side of the Ring. Now, I kind of blacklisted these guys last season. Maybe in the season before, because as much as I liked the show initially, it felt like they got to a point where they were using the show to burn guys, and I didn't like it. Um, but when Blair, I. Flair. Uh, yeah, Flair. There's a few of them. And it just seemed like every time an episode of that show aired, the next day, someone was canceled.
4: She used to help don't ever do one on me and my weekend escapades.
2: Yeah, that would that, that would be rough, especially yeah. if they had access to your text messages. That could be a dark side of the ring itself. Or TikToks. <laughs> um, but I did see the track list, so to speak, for season four. And I wanted to go over it with you. It's pretty good. It's going to be tough for me to not watch a few of these. Uh, here it is. So the first one they kicked off with on Tuesday. It's on my uh, DVR. I haven't watched it yet. I don't, did you see it? I saw it. I loved okay, it. Okay, It was good. Okay. I got a story, too. Okay. So I'll just say who it was, and you can tell your story. The first one was Chris Candido and Sonny.
4: I'm not going to talk about the episode since you didn't see it, but okay. I, I, I have a sunny story. When I saw our format, I, I thought you saw it, so I was going to just throw it in. When we started talking about Tammy, but um, <clears throat> I won't since you didn't see it, so I don't want to spoil things. But uh, <laughs> after Chris died, um, uh, this was still maybe six months to a year after he died, and she was she's you know she goes through phases where she looks great, she doesn't look great, she looks so so in the middle, she was looking pretty good at this time. And we're at Jenkinsons in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. I go to my buddy. You know, band's playing. I think it was the Ben. Either the Benjamin. So this or is like,
2: 05, 06, that era. Five
4: oh six, yep. yeah, somewhere in there. I go that that's Sunny, I think, over there dancing. And my friend goes, "It, it is, it, it it is." So we're getting closer and closer. Next thing you know, I'm dancing with her. And next thing you know, I say to her, "You look familiar." And she <laughs> goes, "Well, I used to be on TV." And I go, really? What you, what did you use you know, what were you on? She's like, I was on wrestling. I'm like, Oh, I used to watch that when I was a little kid. You know, I wasn't <laughs> you trying sandbagging, to be a right. motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's working. And it's I I don't know. It's working right. enough to your vibe
2: and she didn't want to run away yet, right?
4: That she and her sister coming back to our hotel with us to party afterwards. Oh. So we leave Jenkinson's and a boardwalk outside. And me, her, her Her sister and one or two friends of mine are out there. We're planning our next move: where to get the beer, where to do this. Where's the hotel? We're going. You're getting not saying I was gonna party supplies. Party supplies. Don't know where it was gonna lead. Yep. Right. You know. I'm just saying they were coming. Okay. All of a sudden, another friend comes that wasn't in Jenkinsons. That was at another bar, and goes, "Oh my god." Sonny hanging out with Dave Rollins. This is a dream come true. He's the biggest wrestling fan of all uh, time. And you're coming back to, you're coming back to the, our hotel. Oh my God, I can't get over this. <laughs> you just see her and her sister whispering to each other. We talked a little longer and said, you know what, guys? I think we're a little tired. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a cock block. Yeah, man. I got it good. Or bad, uh, whichever way you want to look at it.
2: What a son of a guy or a girlfriend? Oh, guy friend. That bastard. Yeah.
4: He didn't you even know wrestling. He, he didn't mean any harm. Yeah, he, he, he meant no harm by it. But.
2: <laughs> what a big mouth. What yeah. He don't
4: get the whole, like, you know,
2: right. mark thing. Yeah. It, you know,
4: the, the, the you whole played it
2: perfect. Thing. I kind of recognize you from something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I seen that, but I don't know or whatever.
4: Yeah, I-, I think I tried to think I was getting like starting to get out of it around that time. Because, you know, I think she's got about four or five years on me. So, yeah, I think I I was about to get out of that time. But, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you're pretty, you know. And just, you know, just normal talk about music and, you know, watching the band. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, When she
2: debuted with the Road Warriors, was that at WrestleMania 14 or in and around that? I mean,
4: yeah, ninety-eight.
2: She looks so beautiful,
4: right? This is quite some time after that, and yeah,
2: maybe even a little before that too, when she's with the one tag team. I mean, body Donna's. yeah, body body best. Yeah, I mean, she bad. just looks unbelievably pretty. I mean, just yeah. ridiculous. Um, yeah, she um,
4: per- she was like a, some girls She was like perfect, skinny. At, and some girls are more her voluptuous. Peak. She was thin, but like meant to be thin and perfect, perfect with the
2: curves and all, everything. At her peak, at her peak. is she the hottest wrestling chick? Uh, I, I, I'm gonna put Tori Wilson ahead of her. All right, I'm gonna put the one who dated Clooney, Stacy Keebler, probably ahead of her. But too, not my. I'm of course I wouldn't if she came at
4: me. Of course I would be interested if she's interested in me, but not my style. Too gangly for me. If that's a word. Mikey. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm yeah i'm only 5 8
2: <laughs> yeah she's probably too tall for me too but she's still yeah. unbelievably beautiful i mean she dated yeah, I, george clooney
4: yeah i mean no no, no arguments here
2: uh any no, of these girls are fine i mean anyone is yeah. fine uh but man sunny has definitely has an argument as does you know tori wilson or whoever you want to throw out there's a you know five or six of them that certainly have a claim to the throne even elizabeth at her peak i think as a has a claim to oh yeah because she's that Girl more like store. understated pretty you know what I mean and you know beautiful boobs but they're not huge and fake they're really natural and like probably like a full B or whatever you know like
4: they're full yeah they're definitely yeah, yeah a full skinny, B maybe, small maybe a lady. small C even sure
2: so I, but Pull anyway a bit. here's some of the other and if you want to email us two uh, four inch podcast at gmail and tell us who you think in their peak is the hottest wrestling chick.
4: Gotta
2: throw Trish in there. Trish, yeah. Um Dark Sky or whatever her name is. What was her name? Oh, right, let's not go there, brother. <laughs> you might have me. to put her on the list. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> I'm just saying at her peak, she may have been one of the hottest. That's all She's I'm still saying. At her peak. I'm not saying anything <laughs> other than that. Just throwing that okay. out. Okay. Okay. Uh Magnum TA <laughs> has an episode. I would maybe watch that. This is one I'm definitely watching here, Dave. And I know you will be too. Adrian Adonis.
4: Of course, that's a, that's not for quite a while. I was looking at the list, the order. Right? We got Magnum T.A. next week. That's actually on my birthday. Then um, they're all good. Doink JYD the has one, I think.
2: Yeah, Doink the Clown, J.Y.D., Marty Jannetty, Bam Bam Bigelow, Abdul the Busher, Bash at the Beach 2000, and the Graham family. So it's a solid lineup. I will definitely check out some of them. I'll the, give them another the, chance. The, Not that I'm not interested,
4: but the least interesting one is Magnum TA, and it's still interesting. This is by far the best season on paper, by sure, by by far.
2: Yeah, to me, the least interesting is probably Bash at the Beach. Two thousand. I don't even know what that is. So,
4: well, that's no, that will be interesting to you because it's a Hogan. That'll be a Hogan episode. That's where uh, him and Russo. Yeah, but he's a bad guy
2: and everything, right? I mean, I don't really.
4: Well, no, they did. He was a good Hogan. Was a good guy. They did. He was in Hollywood character, but Hollywood was turned good. Towards the end, oh, it's hard man. to explain to get all into it. But uh, they did like that work shoot. But then Russo took it too far.
2: But isn't the whole that's episode going to be about how Hulk's a bad guy? Yeah, yeah,
4: it's they, yeah, they not going to work go for me, way.
2: brother. It's going to be all that kind of bullshit.
4: It might go that way, but I know Russo do- doesn't knock Hogan these days and anything like that. So if he has any part, they like the marks. Marks, whatever. I say they like to knock Russo too, though. Right. So. Who all right. knows who side they're going to I'll, take I'll
2: reserve uh, judgment on that one, then. Yeah. But, all right. We got some business. Yeah, I'm, yeah
4: I could be, end up being really pissed off about
5: that
2: one. Yeah. We got some business to accomplish today. Paul and I talked about it earlier. The show tonight, we're going to Madison Square Garden um, in Manhattan. and um, the Gotham world, City, brother. The world's most famous arena for the show in between Survivor Series and that Tuesday in Texas. In November of 1991 and Hulk Hogan's opponent that night for the first time in New York is Ric Flair. So let's do the bio. I'm not going to do it super long here because Richard Morgan Fleer's story has been told and told again and told again. Um, But we'll go over it quick. He was born February 25th, 1949 in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, He was adopted. Uh, His original parents were Luther and Olive Phillips, the later of whom was also credited with the Damarie and Stewart surnames. Nonetheless, his birth name is commonly considered to be Fred Phillips, even if he is also credited on various records as Fred Damarie or Fred Stewart. So he was originally named Fred.
4: It's wild to think that.
2: Huh? Yeah, he was adopted by Catherine Fleer and Richard Reed Fleer. The Fleers decided to adopt due to Catherine being unable to become pregnant after giving birth to a daughter who died shortly after. At the time of his adoption, which was arranged by the Tennessee Children's Home Society as part of Georgia Tan, Georgia's Tan's baby kidnapping operation. His adoptive father was completing a residency in obstetrics and gynecology. I totally botched the first one. Uh, he's a, a Isn't doctor. Isn't it
4: amazing that uh, Rick Flair's real father is this was a seri- gynecologist? A serious
2: doctor of <laughs> pussy. Yep. Of all things. Yep. <laughs> uh, his doctor. His mother worked for the Star Tribune, the newspaper, and then okay. shortly after his residency, they settled in a in Minnesota where young Rick lived throughout his childhood. After ninth grade, he attended Wayland Academy in Beaverdam, Wisconsin, which he talks about. He kind of got sent away to boarding school because they couldn't handle him. Um, and there he participated in intergalactic wrestling, football, and track. And after high school, he briefly attended the university of Minnesota where I believe he was supposed to participate in football or one of the athletic teams there, but it just wasn't for him. And he left shortly after that. And um, he had met Greg Gagne, I believe. And he talked him into um, training with Vern. And um, he went to the very first wrestling camp that they had. And it was quite the class, right? So Greg trained that time, jumping Jim Brunzel. The Iron Sheik, Kempatera. So a loaded class. That's the winner of 71. And on December 10, 1972, he made his debut in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, uh, battling George Scrap Iron Gadaski to a 10-minute draw while adapting the ring name Ric Flair.
4: Rice Lake. That's when I took my ex-girlfriend to the Chinese restaurant on the water.
2: In Wisconsin? Rice Lake. (laughs) Oh, I, I get it. Rice Lake. You got me there. You got, womp, womp. you got me. You got me. During his time in the AWA, he had matches with Dusty Rhodes, Chris Taylor under the Giant Larry Hunting, and Wahoo McDaniel. He briefly worked at International Wrestling Enterprise in Japan in '73, and then in '74, he started essentially a almost two decade run uh, with Jim Crockett Promotions slash World Championship Wrestling. 1974 to 1991, he was there. He became the nature boy Ric Flair there. Um, in 1975, of course, he's in the uh, plane crash in Williamson, North Carolina. It took the life of the pilot and paralyzed Johnny Valentine, the father of Greg. Uh, also on board were Mr. Wrestling Bob Bruggers and David Crockett. He broke his back in three places and at age 26 was told by doctors he would never wrestle again. Imagine if they were right. Like, imagine how different this guy's life would have been. Yeah. It Wild. Um, I mean, it
4: wouldn't really affected our our era that much. Right. But it would have definitely affected our me going into my teenage years, you know, in, into being involved in wrestling. And just the whole business the in general. Day. I mean, if Frick yeah. Flair
2: retired in 1975, the whole process right. would have been different. Um, it did. The crash did force Flair to alter his technique.
4: What I say, I, I mean WWF. Right, of course. I, I mean, of course. Of course, I, that would be a very stupid thing to say if I, right. if, of, if I meant
2: all of wrestling. Right, of course. Um, he altered his technique from power brawling style he used early on to a more focused grappling style, which led him to adopt the Nature Boy gimmick he would use throughout his career. Um, yeah, he went into a huge run there. Um, and then it ends. And I mean, there's a lot, obviously, in between some stops in, uh, um, in all pro, all Japan pro wrestling. He from '78 to '87, he did some stuff there. Um, and he obviously represented. He was an NWA traveling champion. All those things happen. But for our purposes, it's August of 1991 when he signs with the World Wrestling Federation, um, and they start hyping it essentially right away on an August 11th episode of Wrestling Challenge. Um, and then they have the angle at SummerSlam, you know, with the big gold belt and all that. Dave, what do you know about his departure from WCW and why it was now? Because I know he had considered it at other times. In the 88 it was considered. Yeah, but why? Which would have
4: been very funny because his gimmick and Ted DiBiase's gimmick was kind of similar.
2: Sure, you could, in yeah, some way, sure. I
4: mean, it is and it's not. in '88, DiBiase was was on fire, and 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 Flair was rumored to be the brother love show guest at SummerSlam '88. But they did throw uh, DiBiase down to the mid card with Hercules right after SummerSlam for a while. So maybe you know it would have made a little little sense there. But uh, yeah, like you said, '88 uh, that didn't come to fruition, and uh, this. Um, who was the pizza guy uh, that, that ran WCW? Was, it, was that Jim Hurd?
2: Uh, the pizza else? guy, he he ran Pizza Hut, quite literally, uh, for what years. Was his, what his was name? his name? I confused some of them. Yeah, uh... I, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'll find out while you tell the story. Yeah. Okay. Well,
4: anyway, whoever, whoever was, because they they were always changing up who, who was running shit over, over I w. think it was w.
2: Heard, though. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. once
4: it landed on Bischoff, then, things got good. But uh, bef- you know, before Bischoff, yeah, it, was this it, was guy, heard. it was that guy. It was, it was Jim it Heard. Was a, yeah. yeah, okay. So before Bischoff, it was a you know rotating cast of characters. Kevin Sullivan, this one, that one. And um, they wanted Flair to cut his hair, which he did and it looked real stupid, but then they wanted to call him Spartacus because of the uh, Turner movies or, or something like that. And, you know, just, just Ric Flair is just one of, already a legend in, in in the business. You know, maybe for one match or something, if Spartacus is on that night or something, but no, you know, and I think that was one of the major con- contribu- contributors to it. And, of course, I'm sure money. You know, I'm sure if they laid enough money on the line, he would have done it. I don't know. He's not stupid. But I'm sure they, they weren't offering him, him him enough to embarrass himself uh, to that degree. And Vince always wanted him. They always, they, I think they always stayed in somewhat touch, Pat Patterson, Vince. I think there was always a connection there. I know Hulk loves them, always have. They had a couple of, you know, um, fallen outs in WCW a couple times. But they've always loved each other. We're going to see that later in the match tonight something that happens uh so yeah he he was always welcome though open door policy in WWF whenever he was ready to come in and they said when Vince said to him actually listen when you're only going to be main events and when the time comes if I got a movie down a card you're welcome to go right back out to do our back back to Atlanta and that's exactly what happened in
2: 1993 all right yeah so he's there from 91 to 93 and essentially right away he's there to be in the mix with Hogan uh they they uh, bobby takes the belt the big gold belt to hogan's locker room at um SummerSlam, and the doors slammed in his face um that great moment um and it kind of leads us to this moment and their first ever match at msg um and we'll talk about that in a bit but that's kind of the background i wanted to give on flair like i said obviously his life and you know every there's there's more to be told but you know that that's i think for our purposes Where we'll leave it, and um, let's uh, switch to you, Dave, now that we got some background on floor. What we really need to know is what Hogan's been up to. Now, I don't know if you decide to go with before or after, but let us know what's up with Hulk, what er what you decide to focus in on, and what he's up to.
4: All right, we're going to start a Survivor Series and go to mid-December. Beautiful. Let's hear it. Yeah, okay, so November 27th, Survivor Series, Detroit, Michigan, 17,500. One of Hulk's big places, Detroit, we all know that. The Undertaker, green as grass, Bullshit. kind of, Bullshit. still, to fate Hulk Hogan in one of the biggest upsets of all time. I couldn't believe my eyes seeing this to win the WWF Championship. Jarred his neck with the tombstone. On on the, you go on with the
2: that? You, you believe that? You believe Hulk? Yeah, I believe that, that uh, absolutely. That's why I'm not there. I've watched it a bunch of times. He's fine. He's fine.
4: He jarred it though. That that could you know you could jar your neck on that if you don't hit it right. You're supposed to hit the chair softly with the head. And Coco Beware and Hogan were very good friends. And he he met Undertaker messed up Coco the Survivor Series the year before really bad. And Coco was gonna kick some ass backstage. He's really tough. And uh, I so I think coco was warning uh you know hulk hulk about about some of this and i think they're also trying to see if undertaker was a team player like would he you know would he apologize would he how how would he handle how would he handle this you know because he was he was still green so hulk could be working on a little bit but i do believe that the uh the neck was definitely jarred there a little bit uh coming down on that on that uh, that's another
2: thing we could take emails on what do you think yeah, they're all going to say no. Two four no. inch at gmail.com. We, I I I love Hulk, and I will ride and die with a lot of his bullshit, whether it's true or false. Uh, but this one, I don't see it. So
4: we well, take a look. Go back and watch I'll, Survivor Series I'll watch 9, it again you watch just what it, for you. I will
2: watch, I'll watch it again just to, for you. But Taker does to Coco. Well, but it, he may have killed Coco, but I don't know what that yeah. has to do with
4: Hulk. Yeah, well, I mean that's why he was scared of the uh, scared of the tombstone. So. Yeah,
2: he might have been scared of it. That doesn't oh. mean he got hurt though. No, well, he was hurt.
5: Well, anyway, <laughs> okay. bullshit. There. I we'll agree to disagree
2: they, on that one. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. they they never should have done
4: this. I, um. There's a million other ways they could could have got the belt. on That we can the agree moment. with.
2: That we can agree with.
4: Yeah, yeah. Not saying I don't respect Mark Calloway, and he definitely should have been world champion a few years later, as he was, but but not not yet. I always found the character ultra boring, especially as a babyface. Oh, I like Paul Bear, but when I heard that hit, I'm like, ah, oh, his music hit. I'm like, fuck, here we go. Boring. I got Ten minutes of walk the funniest part when the lights would go out, Bobby Heaney would say, Hey, so hey, where's my wallet? That's the only <laughs> thing I want to say about it. <laughs> but uh yeah, the gimmick never really did did much for me. Uh but I do respect the guy as a as as a person, Mark Calloway. Uh
2: and so a great American, too. From- great American Great American. I love his post post everything he's done post career, I love.
4: Yeah. Uh he has win the title here. It's a complete Complete shock to me because I, you know, by this time, I, you know, I know every, I think I know everything that's going to happen. Like, no, no way. Like, Warrior beat Undertaker all summer long on the house show circuit. Hogan beat him a couple times in dark matches on tapings. Like, hey, he ain't got to tell up. I'm like, what? And Ric Flair's here. Like, man, I'd be worried. You know, like, uh, uh, shocking. Anyway, okay, so we'll get to our next one. Uh, November 30th, it's a matinee at our famous Philadelphia Spectrum, 10,318 see Hulk Hogan go over Ric Flair by a reverse decision after Flair uh, nails Hogan with a pair of brass knuckles and none other than the rockers make the save for Hulk after ball- after Mr. Perfect and uh Kurt Hennig excuse me Mr. Perfect and Rick Flair were uh, double teaming Hogan so uh, this is before Shawn Michaels turned into an ultimate douchebag he had got about a month left <laughs> right um, November 30th same day at night yeah, it was, uh, Philly was a matinee so November thirtieth, Madison Square Garden, fifteen thousand near sellout. But man, you would think on Thanksgiving weekend that uh, Hogan and Flair would have sold you know sold the garden out. They're about three thousand short. Um, maybe it was because all of a sudden it's not a title match. I think, think maybe
2: that's why away- though that it's Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. I think you know it's a holiday weekend. Maybe a lot of people out of town. Yeah, you know, off the, you know. I
4: mean, the walk-ons. though. oh, it's not. I want to see Hulk holding as Ric Flair in in Mass Square Garden for a WWF title. You know what I mean? Like that's like, what? Like Undertaker's a title in the B town now tonight. Give me a break. That's re- really, that really pissed really pissed me off back then. It pisses me off now still. Anyway, uh, oh, we won't we won't talk about the outcome of that match because we'll do it when we cover our show. that that is our show tonight. Next day, December 2nd, Corpus Crispy, I'm sorry, not the next day, a few days later, December 2nd, Corpus Crispy, Texas, a wrestling challenge taping. In the dark match, Hulk Hogan goes over then none other than a dear friend of mine, Typhoon. This match can be found on Invasion 92. I just took a piss next to Typhoon about two weeks ago <laughs> at the Men in Sports Arena. The next day, December 3rd, this is a primetime wrestling slash Tuesday night in Texas. Tuesday Night Texas is live, but the tape matches were primetime as well. And Hulk Hogan wins his title back from The Undertaker in front of 8,000 people in a sellout. But of course, this time, Jack Tunney was there to reverse the decision the next week and put the title vacant. But it's okay to get tombstoned on a chair, I guess. But to throw uh, somebody's uh, remains in um, Undertaker's face uh, is not okay. So... I don't see how anybody can argue that. Jack Tony sure sucks. Will.
2: Jack Tony sucks. Yeah.
0: And that was
4: more of Ric Flair's interference uh, there. Okay. Um, then um, 12-4. Superstars taping. 7,500. Hogan over Flair on a countout. December the 8th. St. Louis Arena. 7,900. Not The numbers aren't what we're expecting here. I think that's the way out a little bit of a WrestleMania problem. Hogan over Flair by countout. 12 12, a WWF w- SWS w- S- Tokyo Dome event. 40,000 Japanese fans are on hand for Hulk Hogan to go over Janruki Tenru after an Inseguri, whatever the hell that is. I've heard it a million times. Is that a ghetto blaster? I think so, right? I think so, yep. Yeah. yeah. And three clotheslines. Uh, Tenru actually kicked that at a leg drop in this match. It's a great match. It's, it's out. I believe it's out there to find uh, somewhere. It's one, one of those where Hogan defenders were say, hey, you know, take a look at this match if you don't think the guy could work. Uh, one of those deals, because it does, does the insecurity and all that kind of thing. And last one, uh, December 14th, Honolulu, Hawaii, 18,000 sells out for the big man. The Hulkster so to go over the Nature Boy, Ric Flair via a countout. And that will be all. Very good, very good. I love it. A little motley this time, a little mixture.
2: Yeah, a little mixture stuff going on. Good stuff. I yeah. think we're starting to see some of the um, attendance problems that maybe made Vince wonder, right, oh, or wa- waver a little bit. So I
4: think it's a, it, and it's the time he came in in August. If he came in in January, then right. it would be perfect. time
2: right, right, right. Set up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right, we are going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to read the news for November of nineteen ninety-one. And we're going to cover the show, Madison Square Garden, 1130, 1991. It's Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair at the world's most famous sports arena. We'll be right back.
0: by TWA, leading the way TWA, by Texaco, Texaco Superstar Power for more car power, by Planters, New York's number one sports nut, and by Ivory, for a pure, natural kind of clean, lather up with Ivory.
2: 24-inch podcast we are back in a second we're going to cover madison square garden 11 the Mecca. Yep. 11 30 91 but before we do that dave it's time to read the news November 1st, 1991. New Dutch regulations, traffic rules, and traffic signs enforcement begins. So, if you had a guess, because it doesn't tell us, if you had a guess what the new laws were for the Netherlands <laughs> for traffic enforcement in 91, what would you say they probably were?
4: So you're saying before 91, you could just drive, like, aimlessly?
2: Like, well, no, before 99, or 91, they just had different rules. So these are new rules that began to be enforced. So if you could speculate what you think it might be that was okay in 90, but not okay in oh. 92, you know what I mean, or whatever.
4: Well, we have some new stop signs right here in Kearney, New Jersey, where there's a lot of accidents have been, and it only took them 40 years to do that, you know, maybe something like that. I'm
2: going Which... to guess that they changed the federal speed limit. My speed
4: limit could be two. You
2: know, like here they once changed it famously to 55, which resulted in Sammy Hagar um, saying he <laughs> can't drive 55. And it's now, I don't, there either isn't a federal speed limit anymore or it's 75, I think.
4: They must have listened to Sammy.
2: They did listen to him. Yeah. Because there is no more 55-minute federal speed limit.
4: He couldn't do it. So they had to listen. Sammy Hagar can't drive 55. We gotta have a town meeting here, brother. Figure something out.
2: Yeah, I mean, if the Red Rocker
4: says so. Even um, the fake Sammy Hagar from Madison Square Garden couldn't drive
2: fifty-five. Yeah, there is no federal speed limit anymore. So, in Montana, um, there's no daytime speed limit. It's the only state. Wild. The only state in the union. So. That's- very dangerous. Yeah, be careful out there um, November 2nd Nevada makes the biggest comeback In NCAA football history Overcoming a 35 point Third quarter deficit To rally and beat Dave's favorite team Weber State 55-49 Dave, I'll give you $5 If you can tell me what state Weber State is in Because I think I know uh, The state of Weber? No, it's in the state of Utah Okay.
4: Yeah I was almost upset Is when uh, Undertaker jarred Hogan's head Later <laughs> <literally> that month
2: <laughs> uh, That's a good one um, Richard J. Kerr One of your favorite CIA directors uh, Ended his term On November 5th No longer the director of the CIA
4: Bye bye brother
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, November 6th Maximus 2.0 BBS released I have no idea what they're talking about.
4: Maximus 2.0. BBS. BBS. It almost reminds me of Erwin R. Scheister, otherwise known as IRS. Maybe that's what it means.
2: Wild. Now, here's follow-up on the last story. November 6th, Robert M. Gates becomes the 15th director of the CIA. Dave, do you think the CIA killed Kennedy?
4: Uh no I don't.
2: Yeah I don't really either. No. I know there was some new evidence or something that people are really hot on that again now. Um. Yeah, I was never a big cons- conspiracy
4: uh, theory type guy. Sorry, Jesse.
2: Jesse You're loves out it. There. Yeah, Jesse loves it. Yeah,
4: I mean, um, well, nowadays, you know, I, I do believe that we uh, the election was fraud- fraudulent. So that's that's a conspiracy theory, right?
2: Yes, that would be, because there's no... That would be considered one. Hard evidence, so, yeah. necessarily, yeah. No
4: evidence. So, yeah, I guess. So, there's one. You know, there's a couple different things. There's uh, probably the only one. I, I, I don't believe the World Trade Center was conspiracy theory and
2: things like that. Quickly to go back, do you want to take a guess at what Maximus is before I tell you? Maximus. Maximus.
4: Um, Yes, uh, he was a ring announcer at WrestleMania 9, Finkus
2: Maximus. (laughs) Maximus is a bulletin board system originally developed by Scott J. Dudley through his company, Lanus Corporation. The software was first written and released for both MS-DOS and Operating System 2, with later versions supporting 32-bit Windows operating systems. The MOS-DOS version interfaced with the serial port and thus the modem, through a fossil driver version 1.0 was released in 1990 with versions 2.0 and 3.01 following in 90 and 95 so it's like a, it's communicate. It's like a bulletin board to communicate on the internet a sounds pr- exciting a primitive early version of it so that solves that mystery November 6th Russian President Boris Yeltsin outlaws the communist party against the law to be communist mm. also that, like that day check
4: out my tiktok
2: also that day, the Kuwait oil fires, the last oil fire in Kuwait is set by retreating Iraqi troops is extinguished. I, I put-
4: want to throw something in there. I'm sorry to cut you off, Steve. I, um, um, I, and I posted on the 24-inch podcast page uh, my uh, Memorial Day Hulkamania promo, and it came out the wrong way. I have no problem with foreigners, per se. I have problems with illegals. And the word "foreigners" came out of my mouth, but the promo was so good I didn't feel like doing it again. Love you, foreigners.
2: Yeah, I, I have. We're all foreigners. I've had heard some rumbling that you've been canceled, so I have. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I've you heard cleared heard. that up because I did hear some rumors out there that.
4: Yeah, I, didn't, I mean, I don't think our stage is big enough, but I mean, if it was back, that could have happened.
2: Who knows? Here's a big but, one. Uh, a big one, Dave. An iconic moment of our childhood. Something I remember exactly where I was when it happened when it was announced, where I was, what my react, I can remember who was in the room, everything. November 7th, Magic Johnson announces he has the same here. HIV virus and retires from the Lakers. I had like just gotten home from school, um, and I remember the TV in my living room where I grew up on 273 North Ogden was on, and they cut away to an ABC news brief, and they're taking us to Los Angeles because Magic Johnson has this announcement. And I remember my first thought is, "Wow, it's kind of weird, but also pretty cool that the news is so interested in sports all of a sudden." You know, and then, and then he says, "You know, I've contracted the AIDS virus and it's or the HIV virus, and it's going to lead me to leave basketball." And I remember just looking over to my stepfather who was in the room, and just seeing the shock on his face and the shock in my face, and um, my brother was like five or six months old at the time and he was in his swing and I remember just looking at him swinging in the swing and it was just dead silence in our house.
4: Yeah, I remember yeah. I, was down, I was down in the basement watching Ninja Turtles or different strokes or something and um, my dad called me up he was laying on a couch and I was dark out already or just got dark out and uh you know he told me magic you know not a sports fan but magic
2: johnson come on yeah he's just right. he's an iconic yeah he, yeah he crosses American the icon. he's like you know lebron james yeah. today or someone who you don't right. need to know sports right. to know him yeah
4: right and and i was just like floored by it because aids at that it was time death
2: it was death he was, was dying
4: was you know ten yeah. times worse than COVID. It was a death sentence.
2: You were going to yeah. die. You were and going this to is, die. This yeah.
4: is in our probably coming up in our news report. The same month will be Freddie Mercury. I think it's this, this is the same the same time. It's the same time period for sure.
2: If you would have told all, us, all if you would have told us in ninety one that Magic Johnson would be alive in twenty twenty three, we'd say there's no way he has he has HIV. He's gonna, yeah, like he's done. He's going to be dead in a few years.
4: And like we're all gonna get it, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you know, we're gonna. You, you cut your finger. It wasn't even just sex. Like we were, everybody was so scared. You cut your finger. Oh my God! Like you know, put out, close that up. You know, I mean, get somebody else's blood in there and get like an AIDS. Uncle Tito was a very um, scared of AIDS uh, guy, and um, you know, for that it was about I well, I from like ninety one to ninety three, like the AIDS craze. And it kind of, uh, kind of settled down. After that, yeah, the old they boy, started was, figuring out
2: how to treat it. Right? It was. Yeah, it was
4: it, that a pandemic? Right? It was, yeah. All right. Wild. At the time, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people didn't experience that, but yeah, we were afraid of AIDS. I mean, God, there were all TV shows about it. Right? Everybody had an, everything had an AIDS episode. Yeah. And uh, my cat has AIDS. Actually, feline AIDS
2: currently. Huh. He's hanging in there. I hate cats. Uh, November 10th, Bernie Kosar ends an NFL record for 308 passes without interception. Um, but it's a bad day for his Browns as they set the record for largest blown lead in an NFL game at the time, uh, 23-0. Um, Philadelphia then wins 32-30. Uh, later, the Bills would set that record, um, and then it was just broken last year by the Vikings. Um, who now well, I bet you were record.
4: happy. The Bills set that record in a good way or a bad way. They won, won or uh, lose.
2: A good way. They won. They came back. Um, well, you must have been pissed off. To beat Houston. Yeah, and also that day the Saints lost to the Eagles. So I was double pissed mm. off. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Okay, this is big. Uh, November 12th. Atlanta Braves pitcher, blank, wins the NL Cy Young Award. Dave, for 100000 whatever a really like worthless currency is. Um, Turkish Lero. Uh, who won that Cy Young Award that day? A pitcher? Yeah, Braves pitcher. You can call a friend, but not Chet.
4: Uh, Chet would know. <laughs> uh, I'll
2: give uh, you a hint. He also played for the Mats. If that helps you. Initials? TG. He was also drafted yep. by Peter Winson's Boston Bruins, but chose baseball over hockey. Tom Glavin is the name of the. Nah,
4: never would have gotten a million years.
2: Uh, oh, this is a big de- big deal on TV. Uh, November twelfth, Full House has its one hundredth episode. The twins are born.
5: All right.
4: Guess it gets up the twins, obviously not yes, not the, not the right. Started with them. Rest one, of my one of my favorite shows of all time. The type of show like. Paulo loves it. You know, it. man, you're in a bad mood, you had a bad day, put on full house, makes makes you happy.
2: Paulo loves yeah. it. Stands the test of yeah. time.
4: Yeah. I got pretty far with the Fuller House. Then I got the you know the newer one, and I got sick of it. I was a big fan of um uh, the Hispanic man. I can't remember his name now. He was, he was really funny. Rodrigo or something. Uh Never seen Fernando. Fuller House. But I do Fernando. like
2: I do like uh Mrs. Buret. Um you know. Who? Uh, Mrs. Burray, the uh, Tanner um, DJ DJ uh, is uh, married to. She's married to uh, Pavel Burray's brother, Valerie Burray.
4: Oh, you're saying a real a name? Yeah, her, her real
2: life. name is. I don't know what's DJ's uh, name. I'm more of in a J-
4: Jody Sweeten. Oh yeah,
2: alley. I mean, I wish I could have ran her into an alley. Ran into her in an alley. <laughs> 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 November. Dude, th- what,
4: me and uh, me and my friend Moj went a couple of years ago to Chiller. And we were going to pay, like I think it was like 80 or something. Like, fuck it. We, it was during COVID, so we had all this money coming in. Like, let's do it. And then we get to Chiller Theater uh, in Parsippany, New Jersey, and there's a fucking bomb scare. Oh, damn So it. then we end up in a bar in Parsippany for the rest of the day with, with no Jody Sweden.
2: Damn it. It's like, why couldn't Jody have went to that bar, too? Right, right. Because you know she, she might not something fit to in. do post, you know, post.
4: Get it? She might not have fit in. I do. <laughs>
2: With the, yeah, with those things. I, I do get it. I do like <laughs> those things. Are they available for viewing on the internet or no? I don't
4: believe so. No. But if, if they are, please let me know. Uh shortly.
2: Sure. I'll, I'll look later. Um Candace. Cameron Candace Cameron Burray is her name now. She was originally Candace that, yeah, Cameron. Yeah, yeah, that
4: that that yeah, right. that rings a bell.
2: Now she's Candace Cameron Burray. Uh November thirteenth. Let's see if we can get this one. Boston Red Sox blank pitcher wins the AL Cy Young Award. Another hint for you. Later a New York Yankee. And you absolutely know who this is. I guarantee it.
4: Yeah, but I don't know who plays what positions and all that kind of you shit. You know who this
2: is, though. You know who this is.
4: Alright, we'll give him the initials.
2: Uh RC.
4: Oh, um. Yeah, uh...
2: Yep, you got it. Talk it out. Big Badass Texan. Shit.
4: I don't want to waste all this airtime. time. I don't know.
2: Roger Clemens.
4: Roger Clemens. I definitely, yeah, I know who that is.
2: Uh, November 14th, Michael Jackson's Black or, right, Black or White music video with groundbreaking morphing effects premieres simultaneously in 27 countries on MTV, Fox TV, and BBC's Top of the Pops.
4: After the Simpsons. I remember that night very well. Big, big deal. and It was a long version.
2: That's power.
4: Where,
5: That's power where, right there.
4: Yeah, you know, we started destroying the car at the end and jumping all over the place. Standing on the Statue Grandpa of Liberty. It was nuts and everything. Yeah, yeah, It was wild. Everybody watched that. I remember the next day at school, it was just like Michael Jackson Mania running wild.
2: That's power. Your song, your video of your song, debuts simultaneously in 27 freaking countries. Yeah. That's a that's a big deal. People don't realize what a big deal he was. That's
4: pretty much it. That album. Right. I know he had a few more after that, but no. Uh, nothing...
2: Remember the time? Right? Do you remember? Well, that's not the
4: same album. Yeah. yeah, Remember the Time's on the same album. Um, Zeus is in that video. I but think. wasn't
2: that what you were saying? Was that the only? No, episode? I'm
4: saying that is oh, after that album. Yeah, I think that, that was the last I'm big sure album. They probably went to number one, but it was never that same. No. Feel yep. Off the wall, because then the allegations
2: and, and, and stuff started. It got dangerous. weird. Yeah. It got and weird. The were
4: goody either
2: yeah either November 17th the,
4: the world's on dangerous too right Even.
2: yeah that the... might
4: have been the last real big one
2: it was the last real big one you're right about yeah. that November 17th the first condom ad aired on Fox TV mm.
4: there you go with the AIDS
2: I would say if I had a guess the last time I wore a condom was 2005 okay, okay. A little After that, um, let's see what else do we got here. Oh, this is a big day, November seventeenth as well. Detroit Lion Mike Utley is paralyzed in a game versus the LA Rams. I remember that very well. Um, you know, well, yeah,
4: that, I, I think they were they were doing the Hogan thing. Um, he didn't they say they, he visited that guy in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, he did.
2: The, this is the guy that did the thumbs up. I think right. When he was, yeah, so yeah. it
4: was at, it was an angle.
2: Yeah. Well, and stuff.
4: So they just didn't. They just didn't bring the Undertaker into it. And Hulk said, "You did jar oh, my neck. Get out that of here! Oh, it, it was an angle,
2: you bastard. You had me thinking that maybe Hulk like, actually went and visited the guy." Uh, November. No, ni- I think he did. <laughs> I think he actually did. November nineteenth and twentieth, Cal Ripken Jr. is named the AL MVP, his second, and the Braves win the uh, NL MVP and Cy Young as Terry Pendleton uh, wins that award. You would have never guessed. That one. Maybe you've heard of Cal Ripken, though, right?
4: Cal Ripken and then uh, his son, Cal Ripken Jr.
2: Right. Uh November twenty second. Or is sport. that the same person? No, they're two different people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sports history. There's a lot of sports in this month here on our site. But November twenty second, another guy you've heard of, Patrick Ewing, is paid, yes, I have. paid a record 18- eighteen man. Yeah, very handsome. Paid a record eighteen point eight million for two years. So nine million a year. Not bad. I just
4: saw that movie Air about making love to Air Jordans. Yeah, I
5: love it. And,
4: and I mean, it was good. And, and I remember they said they were going to uh, try to get Patrick Ewing, but he had his own sneakers that had had no, no brand. They were just Patrick Ewings. I remember that. <laughs> Interesting.
2: I wasn't a big sneaker guy, but those probably would, would have been the ones I would have had to buy. So we probably couldn't afford the, uh, the Jordans or whatever. Would you
4: walk around barefoot like a Simone?
2: No, we uh, you know what we would do? My mom. You know, I told you my grandpa had two families. Well, I'll tell you that later. Uh, But pretend I told it to you earlier. Um, Well, for part of the time, because of that, they lived in Erie, Pennsylvania. And Erie, Pennsylvania had a Nike outlet. So every summer, we would go visit my mom's friends in Erie, and we would get our school sneakers at the Nike outlet because they were a little cheaper. So Mm. So I always had a nice pair of Nikes, but they were like a year old because, you know, they were available Mm. at the outlet now.
4: That's exactly what I do now.
2: Yeah, honestly. A big story here that you kind of mentioned earlier. November twenty third, Freddie Mercury, um, age forty five, confirms he has AIDS. November twenty fourth, Freddie Mercury dies,
4: and the same day, his drummer Eric Carr died. So it kind of took a big um,
2: of cancer.
4: Yeah, is it even listed there? No, Freddie. Yeah, took away. It took away all his uh, his. Yeah, uh, he's
2: like he crashed yeah. on a plane with Wayne Gretzky or something. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you well, don't want to be the second most famous person on a plane that crashes. Tim
4: claims he went to his funeral, too. Eric, oh. Eric Carr. Uh, very I mean, I, I'll take away the word claim. Tim's went to Eric Carr's funeral.
2: Oh, That's very nice of him to, just, you know, pay his respects. I know Eddie Trunk speaks very highly of Eric Carr. and He can
4: do those kind of things. I mean, I don't live in Phoenix, Arizona, but I, I saw on Facebook the information for superstar Billy Graham's wake. You know, if it was in New Jersey, I would have went. Yeah, why you not? I mean, so yeah, you, yeah, you could, you could go. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, Thanksgiving football game. After going twelve and zero, the Redskins lose to Dallas twenty four twenty one. I remember that game and that day very well. Um, but wouldn't slow down the Redskins as they would pummel the Bills in the Super Bowl in a couple of months, which was awesome. Um, yeah, the Bills got
4: humbled a couple couple of four years in a row
2: that's that's very true um i love it we'll fact check them we always do when we i s-
4: couldn't find back that i couldn't find bundy's wake i was gonna go to that i couldn't find uh information on it i was i was i was out of work at that time too for a couple of months on um um temporary disability so i had some time in my hands uh when bundy died so i was i couldn't but i couldn't find any is that uh, when
2: you had the accident up? with your penis and you couldn't... You yes.
4: Couldn't, yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, that, that's the last time I wore a condom.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, if you were around November 26, 1991, thousands of condoms were handed out to New York high school students. Uh, let's fact check these guys. They say on November twenty second, 27th, excuse me, The Undertaker beats Hulk Hogan to become the new WWF champ. Uh, Gross. Uh, Gross. Not ready,
4: not time, brother.
2: All right, let's do one or two more. Um, All right, last one. November 30th, San Diego State's Marshall Falk is the first freshman to capture the national rushing and scoring titles. Will go on to be a Hall of Famer, um, played for the Colts and the Rams, of course, the greatest show on turf, won a Super Bowl, and is in the Hall of Fame uh, as well from New Orleans. Used to serve beer in the Superdome in high school to make cool. money. So, all right, that is the news for November of nineteen ninety-one.
4: That was a good one. I remember. I remember a lot of those. um besides the sports stuff. I remember a lot of that. A lot of that vividly. Michael Jackson. The it seemed Patrick Ewing. It,
2: it seemed like in that month business. it was either a sports story or some historic moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah that was a good one. Yeah, was we a-
4: definitely never did that one before either
2: either yeah no that was a new one and i have a really good plan for when they repeat now too so i'll tell you about remind me to tell you about that will do i have a good idea for what we'll do when we do you know say survivor series uh 91 when yeah we we're, do gonna that have, show. we're gonna have to do yeah well, right. well yeah, survivor
4: series, we're gonna have to, yeah
2: right so i have a plan for that
4: tuesday in texas in december so we don't have to for that,
0: well.
2: right right so i got a plan for that all right anyway uh, the WWF at New York City, New York, Madison Square Garden, November thirtieth, ninety-one, 15,000 people in attendance, which uh, is basically
4: a sellout. Basically, I mean,
2: yep. Tell ba-
4: it, now, because of the Titantron, like thirteen thousand to sellout. Yep,
2: it's so a huge crowd. It's a good crowd.
4: It's yeah. It's probably only single empty seats. You know, not, not you know patches or anything. So I, I think it's a, a legit sellout. At that time, was about eighteen thousand.
2: For WWF. Uh, it's te- three, three missing. Televised on the MSG Network, featured Vince McMahon, Bobby Heenan, and Lord Alfred Hayes. Not Gorilla. Why Vince, Dave?
4: Well, this is not a fact, so I always like to say that. I just assume this. Uh, Gorilla just did Survivor Series live show, which is harder than doing the, the studio pre-tapes. And then he's got to do Tuesday in Texas. Tuesday. Right. So you need a break. You need a break. So you need a break. And then then I noticed in some research he never did any of these Saturday MSD shows after the Survivor Series, after doing the Survivor Series aside from 1987. In 88, Rod Trongard did it. In 89, um, did Gorilla do it in 89? I can't remember who did in eighty nine. Ninety Sean Mooney did it. Ninety one Vince did it. I can't remember who did eighty nine was pipe, was November eighty nine. Who the hell who who on call for that? I think it was Gorilla and Hillbilly, so I'm wrong. He did he did it. He did it um in eighty seven eighty nine. Maybe. But probably but, if they had a chance this, this to use someone else of, they did. Yeah. Because of Tuesday in Texas. Sure. Uh I think is why. I think Vince probably wanted to be backstage Tuesday, you know, Tuesday in Texas. He didn't want to um do that it wasn't as important to be backstage at the garden so i think that's why they went went this route
2: now most of these matches were recorded and aired on primetime wrestling as well and i'll tell you which episode as we go through each match um but obviously it was live on MSG as i said first up um right away uh we start out with a match that aired 12 30 91 primetime and it was Tito Santana Pinned Kato with the flying forearm at ten oh four. Dave, what tag teams was Kato in during his career? Uh
4: Bad Company. Oh, to say Bad sing? Company. Yeah, I Still did feel like I making the other night. That was
2: I watched push, that. Man. That was fantastic. You even went outside <laughs> to sing a little bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> We've Walking down the streets of Jersey singing some bad company. Uh, uh yeah,
4: this is when Tito is getting his little uh ten oh
2: four. Yep, he wins with the flying forearm
4: flying jalapeno yep good little match you know that's paul diamond under that mass mass very good worker and uh what else can you say about tito you got know? a great pop
2: so, here really good pop yeah yeah
4: the, the gimmick just just started uh, the El matador in november they ran vignettes all through october and um started in november and they actually put him in a few with dibiase uh which is you know your upper mid card now and uh for some reason it just didn't they started um after i guess the Shawn Michaels loss at WrestleMania 8 they started dropping El Matador out
2: to bit the uh i want to give a shout out quickly to Justin Rosero my friend Justin uh and Scott Criscoll, whose birthday is today as we record happy birthday Scott happy birthday Scott just wanted to thank them again they gave me the notes uh that we took for the show that i was on on their podcast cuz i when this show came up i it's one of the 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 ones I did. So if you want to check out the Place to Be Nation Wrestling podcast feed and you scroll back on the flagship to 113091, I'm on that show. And I have the notes. So we'll look and we'll check and see what Justin's opinion every once in a while was on these matches. And for this one, he says uh, that it was a nice little match. Uh, He enjoyed it. Fun little opener. The crowd was into it. And Tito looks so rejuvenated and moving well around the ring. Kata was solid as well focused offense and good selling. Nice little opener. Justin's opinion there. So,
4: yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Couldn't These agree guys more. perfect for each other, I think. It's Santana and Paul Diamond for a match.
2: Plus I know the philosophy that um that um Kato will live by is dirty for dirty. If you did him dirty, you know, he would then do you dirty. So, I appreciate that about him, you know. So, okay. <laughs> Uh, Kerry Von Erich defeats the Berserker via countout at two minutes, after ramming Berserker's head into the ring steps and sliding back into the ring. Oh boy!
4: If Vince said this one was so strange. I, I just think maybe they weren't paying attention because he 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 slammed his head against the thing. The berserker did he didn't sell it. He kept walking around and counted out. But he's a berserker. He's dumb. He's supposed to be dumb. Like he.
2: I think Von Erich has just put out up his mind here. And
4: you think they called it?
2: I think Berserker called it and said, "I am not working with this guy."
4: Really? I, I, I really I, do. I I, I, I looked. I actually looked for that. And I, I didn't. I, I didn't. Know, I really didn't notice any, any anything like that. He seemed to be moving fine. There. Vince says
2: it's one of the strangest matches yeah, in MSG history.
4: That does, but I think they weren't paying attention. Like I think they just like, what? It's over. Like what? But the ref did count ten.
2: Yeah, or it was but, just uh, a straight up mistake by the ref to count ten, and then he just had to go with it.
4: Yeah, something I think it was that weird. Er- it, it could be any of them. Von Eric could have been messed yeah. up. Yeah, and you know what?
2: I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say it wasn't that. Hopefully, because um, I I do think he was a professional, and I think he obviously had his demons or whatever. But I don't think he would ever put himself in a position where he was going to hurt somebody else.
4: Yeah, I think he would. He didn't. La- he lasted till summer, and this is November. Um, yeah, he probably would have got fired if he was that messed up in the garden. You know what I mean? Right then and there.
2: So, something I don't know. weird happened. I don't it was know. It
4: was something weird at the time, the time of it. I think it's probably supposed to be longer or something. But
2: um, eh, it is what it is.
4: And very much of a Hasbro figure match. Yes. Von Eric was in his Hasbro attire. Berserker was in his. Like, I just saw myself having, th- having that match that Whoa. way. Mine would have went longer, though.
2: So weird that they did not air that one on a prime time. Uh, they did air the next one. On the January sixth, ninety-two episode, uh, Virgil Pin Skinner with a sunset flip at six oh seven. Um, jeez. Uh, look. At, here's what I'll say about this match. It, they didn't wear out their welcome. You know what I mean? It didn't quite last too long. Um, and I think for these guys, I think it's a better than expected match. You know what I mean? I feel like they they gave their best. Uh, they work within their limits, um, and they they did what they could, and uh, I think it's a solid like two-ish star match or whatever, you know.
4: Yeah, and this is before Virgil became a jobber. It was a very he, he just lost a million dollar belt at the uh, Survivor Series Showdown. Remember, he used to do those shows a week yep. before the pay per views. He just lost that was uh, that the million dollar the title there. It was all downhill from there, but I mean, it's only a week later here, so he's still you know getting that in that push he still got a pop at the garden and stuff like that he just was never re- i hate to uh, you know i'm not work great type of guy but virgil was just never really that good in the ring and um i think that's why he got put he, he got pushed down to to put guys over and where skinner is great in the ring he just got uh you know i, I laugh at this the, the character scares skinner it's fun but you know steve kern's a r- really good wrestler so uh, it's a shame that he had to, you know, be be lower mid card forever. <clears throat> as a Skinner gimmick, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Who won again, Virgil? Right? Virgil won. Uh, yeah, So he will definitely was still. A, if they if this match was three months later, Skinner would have won.
2: All right, Hogan and Flair's next, but we'll do that last. Um, so we're gonna skip over Hogan and Flair real quick. We'll do that last. Um, but know that this is where it was, you know, in the card, and they did this often. I think, to give Hogan kind of a head start out of there, right?
4: Yeah, they would do that, so they would announce the main event. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and, the,
2: and the return, and they could the sell the tickets.
4: The last uh last the next time.
2: Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll skip ahead to a match that aired on the last primetime of 91, or second last, 12-23, right before Christmas. They aired this match. Jim Duggan pinned the Barbarian with a running clothesline at 7-41. After the match, barbarian knocked Duggan to the floor, with Duggan then attacking the barbarian with his two by four, and sending him to the floor. So, some excitement there. Um, any thoughts on this match?
4: I love the ending. I love hacksaw get, getting getting a win
2: mm-hmm. there.
4: I'm a big hacksaw guy. Um, yeah, I like hacksaw. You know, then I thought Barb getting his heat back on him, but then hacksaw got the board. Boom! You know, the crowd. Always, Oh, he's big pop for Hacksaw. This is a return of the Barbarian as well. He actually has been—he um, had been gone for unnoticeably gone uh, for quite a few months there, and uh, he doesn't doesn't stick around much longer after this. So, bye bye, Barbarian, um, WWF wise at least. And uh, yeah, it's you know good little match. You know, Hacksaw is just one of those guys that's always gonna always gonna get a pop, always gonna be over, especially at the Garden. You know, um, you know, coming off Hogan Hogan Flair, it was, it was fine.
2: Bret Hart is back at the Garden with the Intercontinental Championship after winning it there in August. He pins the Mountie at 12.58 with an elbow drop off the middle turnbuckle. Uh, prior to the bout, Hart refused to get in the ring until the referee took the Mountie's shock stick away. With the big boss man then running out, attacking the Mountie and taking the weapon backstage.
4: A strange throwback. The WWF never did shit like this. You usually once a feud's over, it's over. You know what I mean? That that feud ended at. I was there, SummerSlam '91. The feud was over. Boss man's feud with IRS now, and Brett's feud with Mountie. That was a strange throwback, but I, but 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 I thought it was really cool that because it was in the garden, maybe that's why they did it. Because the Garden's where the you know the mounting went to jail. I know Paul enjoys that. And um, you know what I wanted to say. What I was what I was thinking about. It's really nothing to do with a match. Most intercontinental champions main evented B shows. Yep. Bret Hart never did. Bret Hart never main evented with that belt. There's another one that didn't either. That, that I. I Mister um... Perfect. Yeah, he did with Tornado. I think, but usually not. Everybody else, you know, up to a you know, up to a certain point that I don't know anymore, would main event with it. I wonder why. I wonder why they didn't they didn't have the trust in Brett yet to to uh, main event uh with that belt or, or maybe it was lack of heels.
2: Definitely could be lack of heels. Um yeah. there's an unbelievable moment in this match where Brett just puts off a sick pile driver um of the mountain. Yeah, like, these two work very well together. Unbelievable um pile driver Uh, and i think like from that point of the match things kind of pick up um and i think the second half of the match is like almost four star you know it's like a like a two star for the first half and then like a four star second half i think it's like a two and a half three star match overall Uh, i'll even say three just because i love brett but um yeah solid match here that started slow but finished strong an unbelievable pile driver mixed in there um, I like that the Mountie came back heat. out at the end. Yeah, some good heat.
4: I'm sorry. That's another match. The, Never mind. Yeah, that's <laughs> later. Get ahead of myself there.
2: Yep. Okay. Next up, IRS pinned the boss man at 1346 after hitting him over the back with his briefcase as the referee was distracted by the Mountie at ringside. Later, well, What an
4: upset that was. Yeah. The boss man was over as a baby face at, at uh at this time top 5.
2: Well, here's that floor, throwback baby. again because it's Monty who does it. Yeah. You know, late in the bout, he comes ringside and attacked Boston on the floor behind the referee's back and after the contest, the boss man ran to the backstage trying to find that son of a bitch.
4: Yeah. Uh, and that, that wasn't that wasn't a feud anymore. That was that was a, a very rare throwback to a feud.
2: Interesting. Interesting stuff there. I like that yeah. match, by the way. I thought Yeah,
4: like like, like let's say for instance Tito Santana and Greg Valentine had their big feud. Once it was over, they had a couple more matches in 1988, you know, and they never mentioned the feud. You know what I mean? It was like, it never happened. You know, you never went back back with it. Very, very, very rarely. So, I thought that was really, really cool. I
2: thought it was just a really good match. Like, I thought they, I thought it was maybe the best I've seen IRS, maybe. You know, like, really good match for him. He looked really great in there, I thought. Um, and I thought they did a great job, you know, paying off boss man fucking with the Mountie earlier, you know, gets away with it. No.
4: It's like they jammed two matches together.
2: Yeah. Of. Yeah. Good job. Good uh, good moment in the card, I thought. All right. Um, next up, uh, another good one. And this is uh, Primetime Wrestling. one 6 The Nasty Boys defeat Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty when Jerry Sags pin Jannetty with a small package. At 16:20, Nobbs initially reversed Gennetti's move behind the referee's back, with Gennetti then reversing it back without noticing. Michaels accidentally put Sags back on top after the contest. Michaels apologized to Gennady before Gennetti left the ring. So there, it's kind of the end of the Rockers here. Um, not much left of them, and they're hinting the breakup and the and the dissent and the arguments. And the, and the funny part about there. it,
4: Steve, is that they were acting like Sean was going to yep. be the good guy. Marty was going to be the heel totally. Right. So I wonder if they they weren't sure yet which which route they were going to take.
5: Yeah,
2: I thought it was interesting. A really good back and forth match. Uh Justin says here actually, fun back and forth. And the heat segment was really well done. And the hot tag got a great pop. The finish work well. Uh to keep pushing along the story. Fun tag to wrap up. A night of action at the Garden. So I thought that was a really good match as well. Another Strange
4: last match. You would have thought they would have ended it with Brett.
2: Yeah, another good three to three. Well, I think probably the reason they didn't is to go. To
4: mash up. Right,
2: to mash up the two, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings us back to the middle and the, the main reason we're doing this show at all. And it's Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Now, I do want to mention a couple things before we get started with it. Uh, first, this match is on the Greatest Wrestling Stars of the 90s DVD, um, which I can see from where I'm sitting on my shelf across the way there. And the Greatest Wrestling Wrestlers of the 80s DVD was the first one I brought, I bought when they started to do them. And I remember walking into FYE and seeing that and thinking, like, no fucking way. That's yeah. so cool. I am buying that right this second.
4: You know, those DVDs, were. that was the f- mid-2000s. They were on fire
2: yep that was the i think you know but it's on the wrestling stars in the 90s not 80s um but uh i wanted to mention that and at 925 they give them let's go blow by blow here hogan flair here we go the match years and years in the making the top two dogs and all-time greats in the top arena in the business great setting great buzz flair and perfect perfect strut out confidently And after Survivor Series, we have even more heat poured into this one. Flair's belt is blacked out, and Vince explains why. You want to explain why, Dave, in case people don't know?
4: Well, yeah, he actually brought the actual WCW uh, title, the old Big Gold, uh, to the WWF. And, um, you know, it wasn't technically his property, so they they got it back. They started video distorting that actual belt. Then they actually sent it back, They wanted to keep the gimmick going with the video distortion, so they just gave him a tag belt and video distorted that one instead. Very nice.
2: Very nice. Good job. Uh, Big pop for Hogan, who marches out without the title for the first time since WrestleMania. Bullshit. Uh, He flies in the ring and Flair bails out. Hulk does his thing as we settle in. Vince calls Ric Flair a master tactician as the crowd is all revved up. Hogan... Chases Ric Flair around the ring, but Ric Flair catches him with kicks. As he slides in, Ric Flair unloads with chops and punches. He goes to the eyes. Hogan comes firing right back to a pop, chopping and punching away, and then smashing him with an axe bomber. Flair begs off as Hogan stalks him and unloads more. Flair flops down but lands a shot to the gut. Hogan swats that off and then hits a shoulder block and a clothesline and then another to take Ric Flair over the top. Bobby talks over T T I T. What's what is he ab- ab- abbreviating there? Hogan talks up. T- oh, this Thursday in Texas, of course. Tuesday in Texas. Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. And Hogan's big rematch. Hogan fouls, follows, uh, fouls out, and spikes Ric Flair into the rail on each side. The crowd is manic here. Throwback feel. Super heat in the garden. Hogan suplexes him on the floor in a great spot. This is wild. Back inside, Ric Flair hits a back suplex, but Hogan pops right up and hits a clothesline and then shoots him hard to the corner for the classic Ric Flair spot. Ric Flair goes to the eyes and then lays in a chop, but Hogan bows up and stares him down, no selling the strikes. Hogan kicks away and shoots Ric Flair hard into the corner again, and Ric Flair flips to the apron and eats a hard clothesline as he bounces out. Flair heads to the back and Hogan stalks after him and it loads and drags him back. Hulk is dominant back inside, but Ric Flair goes to the eyes. Ric Flair goes up and Hulk slams him hard and hits another clothesline. Ric Flair keeps trying to flail punches, but Hogan leaps, keeps blocking and smashing him right back. Hogan hits him with the boop and boot and drops the leg for three but the ref caught the foot on the rope at the last second. Uh, Hogan argues with the ref, which allows Ric Flair to start attacking to the knee, breaking him down. Perfect is back out and on the apron as Ric Flair wraps Hulk's Hulk's leg on the post. Perfect lands the shot as well as Hulk is in trouble here. Uh, Ric Flair mauls the leg as the crowd fires up a loud chant. Ric Flair and Perfect start working in unison, taking turns, tying up the ref so the other can... Uh, batter the leg Ric Flair is feeling himself now and Hulk is hobbled just all strikes to the knee here really great storytelling the crowd's nervous Ric Flair loads up the F4 and hooks it as Hogan is in pain perfect gives a hand to win some leverage Hogan reverses and forces the break perfect flips something slips something into Flair's hands and he cracks Hogan with it and covers him for the huge upset win Bobby is loving it, and the crowd is in shock as Ric Flair and Perfect celebrate. Vince is questioning, and we can see the Nucks in Flair's ass. Crazy scene with the booze and some chaos in the garden, but as Ric Flair goes over and woos with Bobby, uh, Gurria and Hebner come out and pull the Nucks out of the tights, and then the ref reverses the decision as the crowd lights up. Rick Flair. And isn't
4: that cool? That's, that's the Hebner's repaying Hogan for February 5th, 88.
2: Yes, thank you finally Uh, Ric Flair tries the F4 again but Hogan kicks him off and beats the shit out of him and then hobbles through uh, posing his new win even bringing in a crowd from even bringing in a kid from the crowd Uh, this is Justin's editorializing and then we'll comment as well what a wild scene and match great pacing nonstop motion and energy felt like one of those classic 85 Hogan brawls for most of it Hogan really smashed Flair early but classic Flair barely survives and then heats up and goes to work. It fits him and didn't really hurt him to be beaten down so much and nearly squashed, just what Ric Flair does. He was great on offense, and Hulk sold the leg well. The finish was screwy, but it needed to be as we're just getting going here as far as these finishing goes. This one was rather smooth, and the crowd was sucked in completely. Great stuff, classic title bout with so much heat, and he went a disgustingly low 3.5. Dave, your thoughts?
4: All right, well, I remember uh, watching this one with my dad, and I was already disgusted over the Survivor Series. And um, uh, Flair comes out, getting some cheers, you know, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Then, boom, Hogan's music hits. I'm like, nope, never mind. And Smarks, listen to me, there's no crowd sweetening on the MSG network. The place erupts. You know, Flair's tears were just, you know, because everybody else was quiet, uh, you know, with those couple of people in the front row. I remember that one kid with the dot with the cabbage patch. Did he have a cabbage patch Flair doll or something? I don't, yeah, I, don't know. I remember him. I remember him from the metal Lands. He was a dick, but anyway, um, uh, um, you know, Hulk comes out, you know, without the belt and all. The, the match is just wild. It's nonstop. I, I watched it three times preparing for this. So I just couldn't stop watching. it. I love it. And um, you know, when Hulk dropped the leg so close to the ropes, I mean, you, that never happened before. You knew that flat foot was going to you know, go on there. But, um, you know, that pissed me off too, of course. And the ending, in my opinion, should have been the other way around. Because this is Hogan's house. I don't give a shit if, the, if it, the, the decision was reversed or not. His shoulders aren't getting pinned by the guy that we've been talking about for the past six years, the dream match in his house, Madison Square Garden. Maybe in, in the Omni, do it that way. Have Hogan get the nuts from Mr. Perfect, him hit Flair with him, drop the leg, pin him, then have the officials come out and find it on Hogan and disqualify Hogan, have Flair win, and then have a Hogan pull. So Flair won, then you come back the next month, Hogan wins by count out. I don't want to say but it it was still great. But I just think the reverse of that, give Flair the DQ win, uh, would have been a little cooler in Hulk's house. But uh, four and a half for me, exciting. Like I said, I watched it three times. Got to close my eyes in that three count hit, so brother, I don't like that. And um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, Hulk got a couple rough patch there for this, this week <laughs> Survivor Series to Tuesday in Texas. Uh, and I forget, I forgot to mention before during Hulk's uh, um, where he was that Tuesday in Texas night when he regained the title from the Undertaker before getting stripped, was that famous night where they all went out to the bar in the Freeman Coliseum, uh, near the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, and Vince was in this tremendous
2: mood. Oh, and they gave him the heart scoop? They gave him the heart attack? The heart, heart scoop, yeah, the, yeah.
4: the doomsday device. Brutus and Hulk gave him some move. He was taking everybody's finish. And uh, so everybody was happy. And uh, I think Hulk took that from took that one, two, three from Flair there because how much he, he liked him and respected him. And that has that, that always that has always lasted. But uh my only gripe is it should have been the other way around. Hulk cheats, he's not above that. We all know that. He gets caught, disqualified, still poses, but boom, come back next month. Hulk wins by count out, you know. Do it that way.
2: I but, never I never really thought about that too much. Never really thought yeah. about whether that bothered me or not. I'll have to take that under advisement and think about it some more. But I think that they showed incredible strength from Hogan. I mean, for the most part, he beat the shit out of Flair all night long, um, and battered him for like seven minutes of the nine and a half minutes.
4: Yeah, well, that was Flair's thing getting beat up usually, man. Sure,
2: but uh. I mean, that's sure. But in this story, you know, on this night, um, he shows Hogan shows I'm the I'm the superior guy. You know, the only way you can get to me at all is with brass knucks and with perfect and all the time foolery. Um, and when it's even, I'm kicking your ass up and down the ring. Um, one thing I really loved was the the word chaos. And, like, it, it felt like we were going 100 miles an hour without a seatbelt or something. Like yeah, it was, there, really, there was good, just, really easy to watch. There was just, like, a fury to it. Like, it was just really fast or something. You know, like, felt like the car, the car was, was on going. fire. They were, they were ready. Yeah, Imagine a belt was on line. And that's my only gripe you cannot take the belt off of Hogan with this match two days later at Madison square garden or whatever it is. Like that just makes no fucking sense, especially when you have this Tuesday in Texas lined up. Like, I don't know a huge mistake. I think like this should have been a WWF title match at Madison square garden, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, you know? And when he gets pinned, imagine the gasp in the crowd. If he would have just lost the freaking bout to Ric Flair. You know, for have that split Hogan second.
4: Beat, beat Undertaker at Survivor Series, but some shit canary going on where they have to have the rematch of Tuesday in Texas because it wasn't fair to the Undertaker, whatever happened. Then have Hulk throw the dust in in, in Undertaker's eyes and have Hulk a stripped to the title. So this could still have been a championship match, you know? It just it, a lot of it just made a made absolutely no sense. Undertaker did really did nothing. He turned good. He was boring as hell for I don't know how many years. And uh, that's just my opinion. Mark Calloway, the the person I have a lot of respect for, but the gimmick was just uh, you know you know I'm a big I'm a big horror movie guy and stuff. But I was just like, dong dong. I'm like oh, shit. I'm going out to get a coke. You know what I mean? Like here we go. Like, you know I, I like. The Junkyard Dogs entrance. You know what I mean? I like excitement. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, shit.
2: Here comes this guy. Yeah, I'm not uh, a huge Undertaker guy. As a kid, I hated him because he beat Hulk. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Uh, But I don't dislike him maybe as much as you do. I'm also not like he's not my guy or even in my top 20. You know what I mean? Um, But as far as this match, to focus on this, this is wrestling. This is what I like. You know, if you want to know what I yeah, like, it's, it's this. I mean, the crowd, you know, the chaos, the feel, you know, like I'm not a big boxing or MMA guy, but when there's a big fight, I love that, you know, like back in the day when Hogan or uh, excuse me, Tyson was fighting Spinks in Atlantic City and it was like this guy might be able to beat Tyson and it was the biggest freaking thing of the year It was like 10 seconds long, right? It was 89. Yeah, Tyson beat him in 89 seconds. But um, I love that. I love a big fight. There's almost nothing like it. And this was a big fight. You know, that's exactly what it was. It was a big, big fight. It was Hogan and Flair, the two guys. And I wasn't a huge WCW, NWA guy growing up, but I watched it enough on Saturday nights at my dad's house to know – Rick Flair is a big effing deal. I read enough after mags in the, in the in waiting for my grandmother's shop, and I mean I knew who Rick Flair was and what Yeah, he saw WWE w- w- figures yeah. in the stores. What w- a big w- deal w- he w- was. So I mean, this was a big, big fight, and it was in the garden, and the fans brought it, and it was fast and crazy, and I I love it. I mean, it's five stars for me. I said five the, stars. The fans are so so great. To be. That-
4: if that belt was was on the line, my God, it might be an all all time Garden match.
2: Yep, it's too bad it you wasn't. Know? It's too bad it wasn't because the gasp from the crowd when they pinned Hogan would have been epic. And they
4: saw Fla- think Flair. Well, yep. they, they did do that finish in other places before this when Hogan still had the belt, but it wasn't the Garden, you know.
2: Right, and 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 the people at the Garden could believe that a title switch would happen because it's actually on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah.
4: I got to give Hogan credit for that cuz I w- if I was him I wouldn't have done. That. I said I no, ain't pinning me in my house. Brother in my house. Let me pin him and get this qualified. That would just be me. But um he obviously had a lot of respect for Flair.
2: Well, unbelievable match, unbelievable show. Uh we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have some work to do yet. We'll do some plugs. Tell you where we're going to be. I have a YouTube show to announce. I'll do that in a minute. Um also we are going to read emails, uh questions that have come in from uh, fans either through email 24 podcast at gmail.com or uh, people reach out to Dave as well individually uh, we'll read those and then we'll announce what we're going to do for the next show uh, as well so let's take a break Dave and we will be right back
0: I am a real American fight for the rights of every man I am a real
1: American fight for what's right fight for
2: Twenty-four inch podcast. We are back. One last segment tonight. Really enjoyed looking back at that historic night in Madison Square Garden. Look at any time you can look back at a night in Ma- Madison Square Garden. I think it's a, a a good one. You know, I've had many great nights there myself. Whether it be watching my brother play hockey there, or watching Pearl Jam play there, um, or whatever. It's a great. It's always a great time in the garden. I've seen the Rangers play there. I've seen about just a little bit of everything in the garden. I wish I got to see Andrew Dice Clay in the garden. Um, I feel like that would have been really sick. But, you know, whatever. Uh, It's been some great nights there. A few things left. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I just I love Dice. I think he's one of the best comics of all time. The Day the Laughter Died is maybe the most genius comedy album of all time. Uh, Don't forget you can check out this episode and all episodes of the 24-inch podcast on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash sports dash casters which means, of course, you can find the Sportscasters podcast there at sports underscore casters, the sportscasters at gmail.com. Uh, we are at 24 podcast on Twitter, at 24 podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, podcasts are everywhere. I did see that YouTube is now putting podcasts on the YouTube music app. So as soon as I can figure out how to do it, we'll be there as well. Um, oh wow! I'm working on that. Um, uh, which who knows? Maybe down the line we can incorporate a video element to the show too. I don't think we'll ever do the whole show on video, but maybe we incorporate some. I pa- see people,
4: uh, that like actual wrestlers. You can see them, and they're using their telephone. They're using their phone too. Yeah, like Facetime, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so that could work.
2: So we'll see about that, but um, we'll be there soon. Um, also. Uh, I want to make sure you are following. If you're if you're a listener to the show, make sure you're following the North South Connection YouTube page because starting soon, either next week or the week after, I'm going to be doing a weekly video podcast, uh, video podcast on there called Three by Five. And um, each show, I will be doing three top five lists: uh, one top five wrestling, one top five pop culture, and one top five sports. So um, three top fives uh, per video. Pop culture just,
4: just involving could be mu-
2: Could be music one week. Could be movies one week. Could be TV. Oh, I got it. You. you know, it could be politics. Just something like outside of wrestling and outside of sports. Um, you know, so like maybe, maybe on the first show, maybe one of the lists will be top five Hulk Hogan matches. Maybe another list will be top five New Orleans Saints games, and maybe another list will be top five dramas on HBO. Something like As
4: that. It's, t- it's turned into uh, my life here. Like, we my uh girl, I uh, text with at night. We, you know, you watching this movie, watching that movie. I'm like, I'm on YouTube all the time, watching all these, you know, just yeah. like things I just find, discover, go from. You do what they call it a rabbit hole from Yeah, one there's, to great the next there's great stuff.
2: There's great yeah. stuff on there, and I think my goal with the show is eventually to like have guests come in and give their lists, you know, maybe re-list. I think one thing they're trying to do at North South Connection is they're trying to post a video every day just to kind of always knock at the door, the algorithm, try to break through with something. And the video, the show itself is going to be about 15 minutes, um, you know, so about five minutes a list basically. You know, two minutes for a quick intro, maybe one minute. So less than 20 minutes a show. And, um, you know, Justin and and, uh, Ryan Gray, who also I want to thank him, who works, uh, is going to help me with graphics and stuff like that for it. So I'm mostly an audio guy. Uh, But it'll be fun. And I'll try to be, like, topical. You know, like, if it's November, maybe my top five list for wrestling that week would be, you know, top five Survivor Series moments or something. You know, um. so I'm looking forward to doing it. It's going to be three by five. Uh, so if you're interested in my stuff, and I assume if you're listening to this, you are. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the North South. Just search North South Wrestling Podcast on YouTube and subscribe and like the videos I've already done. I've already done, um. you know, tier rankings lists. I did one for WrestleMania three matches. I did one for. Uh, internet intercontinental title matches at WrestleMania one to 14 tag titles one to 14. I've been on draft. So I've been on there. We're going to get Dave on there. Um, I, I don't think I've even told Dave about this. So he gets to know now for the North South Cron- Cronoso podcast. Uh, I have the video this month and I have Hogan Andre from the main event in 88. So Dave, oh. Dave, myself, and JAD will do the video for that. So can't wait.
4: We did. We were on yeah. one with that wasn't a video, right? It was for audio. Yeah.
2: So we're gonna do video H7 this time. I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. So I yeah I I, I would probably should have told you off air, but I, I mean I knew you were in either way. But um yeah, sometime this month we're gonna record the um, I mean, and it's like even Ryan who runs that show said like you had to be the guy for this match. You know, this is the end of the oh. first title reign. You know. He wasn't given that one to someone who doesn't love the era and respect the era, and you know. So it's,
4: it's got to be some someone that watched it live as it's yep. happening. I think. And, and
2: I as, certainly think did. I, mean, I certainly yeah. did. So we'll tell our it's stories. Not like, hey,
4: hey, we did WrestleMania one, and we didn't watch that live as it was happening. So you can't have it every time, but if you can, and those people are available that saw it live, let's have them do it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. So the, the three of us will do that. So you can find that on that page as well uh, sometime next month. So, all right. I think with all that said, let's do emails next, Dave. What do you got?
4: Uh, we're going to start off from person that, uh, like you say, doesn't have both doors in the water. But a uh, nice man nonetheless. Tim Mangione. Timmy. And... Um, his question today is rather. Timmy's um, got to be
2: loving the new Ghost EP that came out, right? With the covers.
4: Yeah, I, I so much so many texts about that. They're all loaded up my phone. <laughs> I haven't mean, I mean, fucking open them, but <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tim. But um, yeah, well, it's funny. Good. Ghost puts out a Tina Turner cover, and she dies the next day. Yeah, they killed her. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's a question: What's your guys' favorite Hogan feud program, either WWF or WCW? Face, face or heel. Oh yeah, and screw CM Punk. All right. Well, of course I got to go with Andre. Yeah, it's, um, there's not
2: there's nothing close. But the, it, the closest I, thing is Mega Powers for me. But for,
4: well, I'm gonna go different for my second. I'm gonna go Orndorff because that's what got me into wrestling, the Hogan Orndorff feud. So uh, it's Andre, and that's a great one too. Yeah. Number two is Orndorff. If I want to throw a WCW in there, uh because it was the basically the whole time he was there from '94 to 2000 on and off that got me Flair. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't want to throw true.
2: a WCW in there, but I'll throw in a kind of underrated one that didn't quite get served. As they didn't get as much out of as they should have, but Kamala, because I was always scared shitless every time Hogan wrestled Kamala. For whatever reason, he was a threat to me and to the belt, and I was always scared when Hogan got in the ring with him. So
4: yeah, they had a mask there, and Kamala was in a dungeon, dreaded dungeon. Yeah,
2: should have done more with it, but whatever. That's an underrated. It's not necessarily a top five one, but it's one that doesn't get talked about that I'll throw out that I like a lot.
4: All right. All right. Thanks, Tim. Tim.
2: Thanks, Tim. All right. I got one here, Dave. All right. I got one here from our boy Lucas Calhoun. Lucas Calhoun, where you been? He's back. He says, hey, you guys. Have you guys ever thought of doing an appearance at the Legends of Hamburg Wrestling Con? It's basically a smaller, more intimate version of 80s Wrestling Con held at the Hamburg Fieldhouse. Keep up the good work, and Hulkamania will never die. Well, first of all, Lucas, you got me going on this because I thought this was an event in Hamburg, New York. And I said, how the hell have I not known that 20 minutes from me, there's a freaking wrestling convention and by the way, what's the Hamburg Fieldhouse? And right when I said that, I'm like, okay, it's got to be Hamburg. I'm like, it can't be Hamburg, Germany, but there must be another one. And it's a it, the TV. There, it's Pennsylvania. Yeah. So um, Pennsylvania, it's about five hours from my house, probably less from yours. Uh, have we thought of it? No, I never even heard of it until this email. But absolutely, in the next year or so. Uh, Dave and I need to do something to reach out to people that don't know about us because we're – and this might sound stupid, but we're doing – our work is too good to not – and I think Lucas agrees because he's been with us since the beginning. I think more people need to hear it. So I want to do something to reach to people, and it'll probably be something like the Hamburg Wrestling Con or the 80s Wrestling Con in New Jersey or something like that. So. I don't know which one but I'm certainly open and want to do something like that. And if and we would have already done something, we paid for it even, but unfortunately I got sick last year. Yeah.
4: So. Hamburg is the uh the um it, w- it was Allentown for championship wrestling and I believe it was Hamburg for All-Star.
2: That makes sense because it's it's in that area PA, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. It,
4: that's quite a hike for uh, Allentown's a hop skip and jump for me, but Hamburg is not. Hamburg's it's quite is quite a ways down there. But uh, if we got something together, you know, my car is a lease, uh, right? But I mean, if it's um,
2: when is it? I, you say I'm not sure, but <laughs> I mean, we're probably not going this year. You know what I mean? But it's something to, yeah, you know, consider in the long run. Um, actually, it's only 111 miles from you. So isn't that
4: where Poison is from too? Is that Hamburg, Pennsylvania? Harrisburg, Harrisburg. Harrisburg. Okay.
2: Uh, but yeah, it's only an hour and fifty minutes from you. So it's easy for you to be there. Um, hour 15
4: 50. Hour 50? Maybe that's not where they did all starks. I was I mean, I know it changed to Canada after a while, but I'm it's talking about It's the... basically
2: just I-78 west and you're there. Hmm. So, I,
4: I, you're probably right. I always just thought it was it, it, it was a little further for some reason.
2: <clears throat> but 111 miles by car. Yeah.
4: Allentown's not Allentown's like under an hour just about an hour.
2: If that, yeah, Allentown is almost directly in the middle of Kearney and Hamburg.
4: Yeah, I mean, that would make sense.
2: Yep. So yeah, maybe because it's going to be. I mean, it certainly would be easy enough for Dave to get there. Yeah, and um, yeah, to so
4: go and let like, drive in AC. Yeah,
2: yes. and if, if if the days worked out, maybe I could even be in Jersey and you know spend a few days with my brother, and then maybe my brother and Dave and I could all get in my brother's car since. He could he could take us in one of the Escalades because where he works he he drives the owner the his boss has Escalades that he can drive so maybe we we'll pack everything into the Escalade and get on seventy eight and come down there so you got me thinking about it at least how about that yeah and Lucas yeah. we also
4: got nineties con coming here in September so there, that's, another yeah, that's another
2: option yeah it's another option so you got but,
0: us you know, we you got to think
4: you think of eighties with Hogan but Hogan wrestled Hogan was actually more predominant in the night you know. From eighty to eighty, you know, eighty four. His career was not
2: as popular as it was. Right, six years of the eighties, and then you know, ten years in the nineties. Really, ten years, of, right. all ten of the nineties. Yeah, sure. Exactly. All right. What's next? Thank you, Lucas.
4: Okay, Lucas. Yeah, thank you. That was pretty cool. And we got the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, the, our biggest listener of them all, Kevin from Nutley.
2: Kevin. God.
4: When when people talk about this match, they seem to complain that Hogan got in too much offense. It, I don't know who he's talking to. It didn't follow the typical Hogan formula. It made Ric Flair look bad. I like the way this match played out as a kid knowing that Flair was the bad guy. It sold the idea that he really was the bad guy and needed to cheat in order to win. What do you guys think? Um, I didn't, Can no, I start?
2: Sure. I thought the match was perfect. So, whatever they did or didn't do, I thought it was perfect. And I think I kind of made that clear in the last segment. But, you know, and if you listen to, and I mentioned it before, I was on the Place to Be Nation podcast um, that covered this show. And I gave it five stars, I'm pretty sure. Um, I thought it was an amazing night. I thought it was perfect. So, I wouldn't change anything they did. So, whoever those people are. I've me,
4: never heard. I've never even heard that. I've heard that it at all. They're
2: bozos. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So,
4: yeah. But I've I, I I've gushed about it for an hour with, now. One little problem with the ending that I mentioned earlier, but um, besides that, you know, I gave it four and a half stars. So I love the match too. With too much offense. Uh, that I I've never heard that one before, Kevin. Uh, I don't know. I would like to know where. I, you got to email well, text me and tell me where you heard that one because that that one's a. Uh, that one's a way off.
2: All right, and now Jamie
4: from Queens.
2: Now it's time for my Pearl Jam question. Let's go. Let's hear it.
4: Steve, sorry I'm at a Pearl Jam question. Damn it. Blomp, blomp. But here's my question. Do you think they missed the opportunity with the Virgil Skinner match with some more time they could have put on a five-star classic? That's a rib of a question there. Um, Jamie, uh, Steve Kern, who was, was Skinner, Was actually considered for Bob Backlund's place to be the WWF champion. So he's One of the greatest uh, technical wrestlers ever, and he actually uh, was one of the guys, the Briscoe brothers, that discovered Hulk Hogan in um, um, playing bass guitar in Florida. But uh, you know they were doing all these occupational gimmicks at the time, so he was you know Skinner was always kept lower mid card. But actually, if you fast forward a few days to Tuesday night in Texas, he has a hell of a match with Bret Hart to open up that show. Hell of a match. So um yeah. Uh five star classic with Virgil, probably not. But with Steve Kern, absolutely. Steve?
2: Uh I like Steve Kern for who he is. I thought he did good work with not the best gimmick, you know, with um the Skinner stuff. I would I would have liked to see Hulk. See, I'm I'm the kind of guy who loves Hulk so much. It's just like, yeah, I think it could work with whatever name you throw out. You know what I mean? Like yeah, let's see that. Let's see what it would do. Because, like, the one negative I'll say about Hulk's run with WWF is they focus so much on bringing the big guys to him. You know, so we have so many matches that are, like, Hulk versus the big guy. You know, I would have liked to see him, you know, do feuds with more. Not saying Steve Kern's a small guy or anything. He's certainly not. But He's big as Savage, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's big enough. I mean. Yeah. Well, he listed six foot two fifteen. I, I think I'd like to see more matches against guys in this range, you know, the six foot. Yeah, and the the problem is, is
4: Skinner age. is right. Yeah, Skinner
2: wouldn't have worked, worked out, but maybe yeah. Steve Kern in a different you know, maybe more that guy that was considered in the eighties, you know.
4: Like Kamala works out, it, that's a you know, it's a crazy gimmick, but it's scary. It's a little more...
2: Oh, it scared me shitless.
4: It's hard to, you know, an earthquake's a regular guy, but he's earthquake because he's fat, but it's still a regular guy. You know, um... You know, uh, the, you know the Undertaker, I thought was stupidest. I still think it's kind of dumb, but it turned out to be one of the great, greatest of all time, you know? And, yes, um, these occupational gimmicks, uh, you know, they usually don't don't work out. I got, but for the Undertaker. Sure did.
2: I got one more email here. Uh, this one came in. It's from Salvatore and Bensonhurst. Uh, first time. He, one. Yeah. Welcome, Salvatore. He What's says, up, hey, Steve. And this, <laughs> let's wait to hear his question. Hey, Steve and Dave. One of the things I love about listening to your show is it's two American, Italian American kids talking about wrestling. I love it. Two things. One, um, where are your families from in the boot? Uh, two. Um, what about being Italian uh, makes you the proudest? And three, maybe more for Steve than Dave. I know you're watching the Azuri in the under-20 World Cup. What have you thought about their progress in the tournament so far? And what do you think about how it will end up? Uh, keep on keeping on, sale. So a lot to unpack there, Dave. Get us started.
4: Oh boy. Um, I. Grand, my dad's mom, I think, was Sicilian. I really don't know much about that kind of thing. I it was just, you know, I could find out and, a- and answer it next week. Uh, you know, that kind of thing really never interested me. What um, part of
2: the boot you from, hon? Soprano's line. Uh my, yeah, yeah, yeah. My family but, um, is from Abruzzo.
4: We we've always done the big Sunday Italian dinner, you know, with the sauce, you know, the gravy, and the meatballs, and the the whole, you know, the whole smule there and the red wine, you know, my uncle Tito, you know, he, he, he can't, you know, his parents came in fresh Tito. off Tito, Yeah. But uh, yeah, we never really talked about that kind of thing. We're more of like the uh, American, you know, the American Italians. Um, mm. Just, I don't know, just that, 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 thing didn't, not many things interest me, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I do, I do, I do love, you know, being Italian. And um you know I love the sopranos and stuff like that and I uh, have a lot of Italian ways in me you know what I mean and the, uh, the way um, the way I was raised and that kind of thing but to answer the, the heritage and those kind of things it's I probably can't do that without doing if I, unless I knew the question was coming and the soccer question uh, it's completely over my head I'm sorry brother.
2: All right, so my my grandma Paula and my grandma Zinia and my family on my mom's side came from Abruzzo, Abruzzi, um, uh, where Bruno San Martino came from. Uh, Same part of Italy. My grandmother told me back in the day that she knew of the hills where Bruno would hide from the Nazis or where she assumed he was talking about. Wild. When I told her the story or whatever, she knew right where that was and – um, but they had come a little bit before Bruno. They had gotten out before the war started. My grandmother actually came over on the last boat that they let in before they closed it off for a few years during the war. So, um, And then my my mom's dad, we don't know where he's from. We don't really know much about him at all. He came from Italy essentially running for his life because he had angered you know um a connected person and they basically said the next time i see you i'm killing you so he came to the united states i don't we don't really know if he's telling a story there or if that really happened we don't like my grandfather on my mom's side is a mystery he had two families in, in the united states um so he was with my grandma sometimes with the other family sometimes um, so different people in the family feel about him different ways. Some people hate him, you know, some people like, him. when I was a kid, I thought he was awesome, you know, but he died of cancer when I was six years old. He died on his birthday in 1986. Oh, sorry to hear that. Wow. That's, he's, he'd be 130 years old or something <laughs> now. You know what I mean? So he's, uh, he was much older than my grandma. So he would be dead, 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 dead by now one way or another. But um, he passed away when I was six, and um, we don't know much about him. On my dad's side, of course, um, I have one non-Italian grandparent, and then my Italian grandparent on my dad's side is uh, Nabolidan from Naples. So uh, that's where I come from. Uh, My favorite thing about being Italian is, uh, well, first of all, the emphasis on family and how family is the most important thing because that's my values. Family, to me, is the most important thing. Um, And also the food. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a huge Capicola guy. I eat Capicola pretty much every day of my life since I was, like, four years old. Um, I was the only one at school, you know, with a Capicola sandwich or whatever in his lunchbox. Everyone had turkey and ham. I had Capicola. Um, Must have
4: been odor coming from there, you know,
2: (laughs) No, it smells just fine. Don't you worry about that. (laughs) Plus, it only took me six seconds to eat it. Um, But uh, So the food, family, and then the third thing gets into your last part, the calcio, the soccer, as it's called here, calcio in Italy. And absolutely, I've been watching the Azzurri in the under-21 World Cup and they under 20, and they've been amazing. They beat Brazil in the first game. And, Dave, you don't have to know soccer to know Brazil's good at it, right? And uh, uh, I guess in the under twenty team is was the favorite to win it, and Italy beat them in the first game. They beat England and eliminated England uh, the other day in the quarters or in the round of sixteen. The round to the quarters, I think they have a chance to win it. Um, uh, Cassidy is a star. Um, I think the golden a golden generation of European soccer is coming. Um, and look at the day they won the World Cup in two thousand six is a top ten day in my life full stop think
4: about that that's so, another lift you could do top 10 days of your life
2: yeah and that's definitely on it so if there's a way we can do that one more time before i die i'm all for it so forza azuri and thanks Sal. right back again um tell us more about what kind of wrestling fan you are i'm curious all right that's all i got dave you got anything else over Yeah. There? I,
4: well while you're talking maybe think of a few more of italian things to
5: sure
4: add here. um we uh got a guy um Tony Miola, soccer player in Carney. he made it to the World Cup Yep. And all that kind of thing. So you know, was, we're we're very proud of him. He's a he's a nice family. His, his um either his cousin or yeah or it's gotta be his cousin. It's not his nephew. His cousin still lives down the street from me. Comes here on Halloween and all the time and stuff.
2: Probably the greatest Zola, yes. greatest American keeper of all time, maybe. Tony Miola. Yeah, he right? played 100 but... games for the U.S. national team. That's the only mistake he made was representing the United States instead of Italy in soccer, but that's okay. Go on.
4: Then the other one was um, my father uh, got into some trouble in his younger years, and he claims now I don't believe him for a fucking second. So... Don't it go around saying I'm yeah. saying this. Uh, but he said he says that one of the characters in Donnie Brasco is based on him.
2: Oh, nice. I'll take that. But I, I, don't <laughs> believe, I don't fucking believe him for a second. Well, my, my grandfather that I was telling you about, they had a run. He was the bum of the mafia. Like, he was as low... In Buffalo, he was as low as you can get. Like, he really was... He was, like... They wouldn't let him in. You know what I mean? But he would he was a good carpenter, so he would like build, he like work on their establishments and stuff like that. But he was just always, he was a loser, you know what I mean? So any way he could screw up, he did his whole life until he died, you know? So, but, right. but he tried, he was, he was like a wannabe, you know, he tried to be um, like that, but you know, with no success at all. Um, and uh, his life is sad, really, but um you know as i've gotten older i've romanticized about him less and thought more about everything he put my grandma through you know what i mean like when you're 18 19 you talk about oh your grandpa was this handsome italian dude who had was wheeling broads everywhere and had two families and two other girlfriends and all he did in the 60s was make babies and like you know it's cool yeah it's cool right you know it's Soprano's style he was cool and oh he tried to do stuff with the mob and stuff like that but then as you get older and you think about the effect it had not only on my grandmother but my mother and my aunt and my uncle you know and you think of the bad he did it's not as cool
5: um, yeah I'm,
4: I'm, that, I'm not that's that that didn't carry over to me uh, so, i'm not a, i know i'm a little wild or whatever but if i have a girlfriend or something that's it you know it's Or I'll be
2: single. Yeah, no, he didn't understand. (laughs) He definitely didn't understand. (laughs) I don't think he understood the concept of monogamy at all. But even beyond that part of it, like, he just, you know, he he could never hold a steady job. You know, he was always trying to cut corners, you know, run numbers, do this, do that. But he never did it. Like, it never worked out. Like, he just, he was was an all-time failure. But, all right, back to this, unless you want to mention any other Italian things.
4: Um, off the top of my head, except for all those curses Uncle Tito taught me.
2: I yeah, the maloca, you got the maloca. The maloic. Yeah, you got the maloic. Do you wear yeah, the, the, uh, Malik. do you wear the, um, I got Paulo one, the horn, the Italian horn?
4: Yeah, yeah, that, that is the maloic. It's almost, it's almost like. Well, no, like that's the... how you
2: keep it away. You wear the horn.
4: Oh, no, no, I didn't know about that.
2: Yeah, it looked, everyone thinks you're wearing a pepper. They'll say what. They'll you... Yeah, no,
4: that, that, that one I didn't know about.
2: You've seen that before, though, right?
4: Uh, I don't believe so, no.
2: No, there's no way you haven't in your life. If you know about the mole, not know about the horn. That's how you keep it away. I
4: uh, don't want to lie to you, brother. <laughs> Paula has one, though. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I
2: think you maybe we're calling it different things or something. I no, guarantee no. you've seen it. I'll send you a picture of one. I guarantee right. you've seen one. All right, Dave, what are we doing next time?
4: Next time, we're going to take a 10-minute ride from where I'm sitting right now only. And what would that mean? That means the good old Meadowlands Arena. Brandon Burn Arena. Brandon Byrne Arena. Eyes yeah. center, whatever you want to call it. The WWF invaded on September 11th. Not the greatest day in the world, but we didn't know that back in 1988. As Hulk Hogan goes one-on-one with one of my all-time favorite heels. All-time underrated wrestlers. Hall of Famer, no, no matter what. Bad news, Allen. Bad news, Brown. Hogan and Brown. This one was televised, televised on the Meadowlands because um, SummerSlam had just been at the Garden two weeks prior. So MSG had a contract for a certain amount of shows to show. Obviously, SummerSlam was on pay-per-view, so they couldn't show, show that one. So we got this instead. And uh, that's we're going to give a little homage to the late, great superstar Billy Graham, who just passed away uh, about a week or two ago as he's on commentary. Uh for this event and to me that's always enjoyable
2: and uh the episode after that is episode 40 but we're gonna keep that under our hat for now um and we'll let you know about that on the next episode but we do have something a big plan for our 40th episode so i think with all that said i think the only thing left to do is to ask all the listeners and please pass the message to your friends to your family and let everyone know that we need you to say your prayers eat your vitamins tell your friends about the 24 inch podcast
0: brother